This is The Extra Sheep, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast hosted by myself, Sockerton, along with Beal and Sir Nevels, and we also have Caleb Calamari joining us back again today. And as a special guest on today's show, we have the magnificent Bitterlin, I think I said that right, uh, who is the creator of many, many tournament maps you guys might recognize, such as Gorge and uh, Kawasan and some other really, really well-known maps that we've talked about many times on this podcast, actually, uh, such as Golden Heights and Four Lakes. So... We are really excited to have him on the show today. Also, this is episode number 13, which might sound kind of random, but that means we have been hosting this podcast for a full six months. So congrats yeah, to ourselves, uh, to Sir Nevels, to Beal. I remember I remember uh, reaching out. Sir Nevels was like super gung-ho about the podcast when I was going to start it. I was like putting those feelers out, right? I remember Beal having kind of cold feet a little bit there at first. He was yeah. kind of worried. Oh, what? But I just want to say, <laughs> he was a little wrong? cold feet. He was like, I don't know if I can talk about the pros. I was like, no, no, no. We're not here to talk about the pro players. We're here to talk about the game, you know? And it's okay that we're not experts. Uh, now Beal's like the best of all of us uh, as far as his rank goes. But I will say, Beal has stepped up big time in inviting Bitterland to join us. Uh, we are thrilled to have him on. And Beal's been just coming up with perfect ideas for a couple episodes now in a row. He's been like, the brain behind the the podcast the last couple, like month or so now. So shout oh, yeah, out to part time Bill going in. Part time Bill has gone full time. Stop <laughs> calling him that. He's not part time. Full time Bill. Full time Bill. Hey, you might get you might get promoted. I might be the new one. Full time Bill. I'm gonna make him the supervisor on this podcast. <laughs> Overtime <laughs> Bill. I like that one. Overtime Bill. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I like uh, that one. Yeah, six months, man. We have grown quite a bit. I think we have hit. I mean, almost every continent. Now we've had viewers in Africa, uh, Asia, the Oceania, Europe, uh, North America, South America. Um, I honestly, I'll have to post. I'll maybe I'll post that in the Patreon, like the map of like everywhere we've covered. It's kind of wild to see. So all of you guys who are in uh, across the world, um, all of you guys who are stateside, everyone, we're just so glad to see so much support for the podcast. I've noticed a bit of an uptick in our Patreon as well. Uh, and that, that little fund is growing and growing. I'm hoping we can do something cool with those funds eventually. It's nice kind of knowing too that we've got enough money to kind of keep hosting this thing. So I'm not like telling my wife why I'm spending money on a podcast for such a niche game. Uh, <laughs> but it's nice. We're, we're supported. You know, we're supported podcast by you guys listening. So that's been huge. I'm actually holding a letter right now for someone who lives in Switzerland. Uh, I need to mail it out. I got wow. it all set up and ready. Got the three stamps on there. Uh, he just joined the Patreon. I won't say his name just because he, want, in case he wants to be more private, but I've got, if you're in Switzerland, you know who you are. I've got your letter in my hand right now with your coasters and stickers in the letter. It's only, and if you were living like abroad away from the United States, right? Like normally shipping's a pain for me. I kid you not. It's three stamps for me to mail these little letters out with the coasters and stickers inside. I chose a smart thing going for something really small. So, uh, we can mail these out. Eventually I'd love to do t-shirts or something, but that's, that's a lot more money. Oh yeah. Yeah, Maybe one cool. day. I mean, these coasters are pretty awesome. They're kind of cool. They turned out really good, right? Like, I've been yeah. raving about them, and I was just, I mean, for being a paper coaster, like, the print is so nice. Yeah, the colors are super vibrant. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, uh, really nice. Sticker Mule and their wonderful work, too. <laughs> Sticker Mule. Not even joking. Not sponsored, it's, it's, there you go. Not sponsored, but I have used them. They, they are great for stuff like this. I use them for my professional life as well, working at a hospital. If I ever need to print out stickers, I go through them. Pretty cute little thing. I got right. a whole stack. I've got I still got a huge stack of these stickers too. So if anyone's like debating if they want to join, uh, I'm gonna keep sending them out until they run out. So uh, if you join the Patreon, I will send them out. So anyway, so we get to some uh, AOE news. We, we do have Bitterlin on deck, and he will be. Uh, he's getting some water right now, but we're gonna interview him about all the juicy things about uh, 
map making and as a big map creator, uh, I believe he has been picked up by Microsoft as well. We won't be able to dive into that. Um, that's a lot more like, what's the word I'm looking for? That's a lot more. Uh, confidential. Uh, confidential. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's like a corporate term for it, too. Like, you know, he signs NDAs, those NDAs, like the non-disclosure yeah. agreements. Non He's got things he can't talk about. Obviously, like things are ongoing development. So we're not going to be talking about those things. But uh, we will dive into his work with maps and stuff. And oh, I just got a message that he's back. Perfect. Welcome back, Bidlin. Uh, we'll get to you in just a second. Uh, we do have a little bit of news. Um, not much. Frankly, the summer event is going on. Um, that's about what, it. What's what, what, what really going on with that? It's, it's kind of like, you know how like they have like new little rewards. It's honestly the events with Age of Empires. They're fun. They're cute. I like that they change the background of like the loading screen and the home screen. I do like that. Um, you get like the new little like portrait icons it's like things like that it, it's a summer event we're, we're enjoying the last yeah. bits of summer actually speaking of that uh i live on the po pacific northwest on right on the coast i know the rest of the world is like on fire right now uh we have not been we have been very cozy at 68 degrees and sunny today it's supposed to get up to 90 i've got my ac running in my room right now because it's supposed to get up to 90 today and tomorrow which on the coast for how humid uh, it gets here is, is really brutal yeah there, it's yeah. really hot for where we're at um but anyways, I think that's about it for news. Uh, I did want to mention Baldur's Gate a little bit, though. I know that's not mm. really in our realm. Let's go. <laughs> but I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mm. mention how big this game is right now. I mean, that's one of those things, you know, where big games come up, they start drawing uh, users away from our game a little bit. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, we are kind of mid to late season now, I think. Uh, Baldur's Gate, though, can we just say that like, that has been... Like a it cultural phenomenon. Gaming. It's been redefining it's, gaming as a whole really really good do you guys Dude, who all has it? i i would love to get it but i don't have the game yet i'm waiting to i'm doing about to do a vacation down to, to southern california so i'm saving up money right now but but uh who do you have it caleb i i do me and my wife played probably about 14 hours so far we're gonna play a lot more this the beginning of this week here um she left for a wedding so she hasn't been around otherwise mm. we'd be like 100 hours into it but uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's super super good i mean it's I played Larian's previous games, Divinity and Divinity 2. Uh, I heard those are amazing also. Those are very, very good. And this is those on steroids. So mm. um, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of streamers and I'm, I'm a big D&D &D guy. I don't know if anyone knows that. I'm, I'm a big like that's something I started picking up in the pandemic. I was playing D&D &D with my friends kind of long distance. So I've been watching some streamers play and I'm watching it going, oh, man, like I've never seen a game. It's, it's really weird to like swatch a game that I've never played. I've never played any of the Baldur's Gates uh, and the other two are, are a lot older. They came out like early, like 2000, I think, and earlier. Uh, I've never played. Was the yeah, first 90 and like 2000. Uh, I've never played any of them, um, but it's so weird watching this game and being like, I know all the rules while watching like some of these big streamers like figure <laughs> out the game. And I'm sitting here like, oh, you just need to cast this spell. I know what this does because I, I play d and on the Dungeon Master. So I, I know the rules of like D&D 5th edition, like the back of my hand. So it's been really yeah. weird. Oh. It's a really weird phenomenon to like see a game you've never touched and know how it works almost like you, I just like it's mm -hmm. so intuitive to me to watch. So I'm I'm really eager to get my, my hands on it eventually. But yeah, yeah I'm so happy that it turned out to be a huge success uh, just mm -hmm. because of like the legacy of the first two games. And yeah, people calling them like the best RPGs of all time. And the fact that a company can come like over 20 years later, release a sequel installment that's just as good as as the OGs as yeah. the previous ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've talked about so the release of games. About for those people that have just been waiting. Yeah. And we've talked Forever. a little bit about that too, about games that have not released well. Uh, even Age of Empires 4 mm. had a pretty rough release. I mean, we think it's in a great spot now, but 
release time was rough, you know, and, and lots of comparisons, of course, made to the previous installment back in like over a decade ago, you know, uh, Baldur's Gate. Definitely. I've been seeing a lot of memes about how it's going to raise the bar for uh, game developers to make really yeah. finished products without microtransactions, without having to have a battle pass, just really good games that are triple A right off the bat, which is I, I hate to say it kind of a, a rarity right now, right? Uh, I think for a game this hyped up, like it, I like this a lot because like you got a game that's been hyped up forever. It's got like a lot of like like uh playtests and leading up to it, and everyone was hyped for it. And it came out really not. I didn't see any big bugs, and it came out and it was just lived up, lived up or surpassed its hype, which is like kind of like a rare thing. Like it's a lot of games like, that are kind of in the in the oven right now that I'm a little nervous about. Like uh, this, I'm not gonna. I mean. I think 2023 as a whole is looking, it's just like, if you step outside the AOE for a window for a hot second, like you start realizing there's a lot of good games coming out. And like you said, uh, soccer thing. Yeah. I think it is, uh, it's, I've seen a lot of trending, uh, topics about developers are now getting nervous. They're getting like, they're getting like <laughs> nervous with their game development. It's like putting like the pedestal almost too high now for regular developers. Yeah. That's what people are trying to make a narrative out of because well, with the big it is some rarity. Yeah, well, with with like I think the another another the only other game that's going to come close to this type of game I, this year I think is a uh, Starfield coming out right. That's and everybody saying, and, and, and that's the big question, right? Is, yeah. Does it actually do this, or does it exactly? That's that. No, I I don't think Starfield is going to come near Baldur's Gate. I don't think I, it I is. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be interesting because I mean they're the the interesting part about Baldur's Gate is is like it's a really clean quality game, but it's less that it did super well. And it's mm-hmm. that this genre is doing super well when yeah. historically it hasn't been a super, super popular genre well, uh, and, and, and when the first ones came out, it was, but then it kind of kind of tapered. I mean, mm-hmm. part of that, I wonder, is is it just because D&D has become very mainstream? Yes. I mean, um, I, it's, it's because of that. And it's because there just isn't a whole lot of other stuff, as has been mentioned. Uh, you know, there's just not a lot for people to sink their teeth into right now. So, yeah. Yeah. What was for games? last big crpg release was it like uh i, I want to say divinity 2 yeah i say divinity, <laughs> divinity 2 or I heard about divinity 2. 2. yeah and when was that i forget divinity 2 uh, came out like like two thousand years at least maybe yeah divinity 2 came out like at least five six years ago i didn't play that but like baldur's game he's gonna go back and play those well, there ain't no way there ain't no way it was 2009 what this 2009 it came out <laughs> it's no. like no, wow. no, no, fourteen years. No, it wasn't. No, no way. Definity came out. That the sequel to Original Definity Two was released in twenty. Wait, what? In two thousand seventeen. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Okay, yeah. five years. Oh, can five I years. say there's no way a game looks that good? Chanel's like, like, in a time machine right now. There was another Divinity <laughs> series, and there was Divinity uh, yeah. There's like Dark Divinity and all that stuff. Got and they, it. Divinity Original Sin is like the I don't know this brand. 2017. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean now. Okay. I, honestly, this, this game is putting Starfield on the clock. Time. This game is putting Starfield on the clock. I I don't know because you know Bethesda is really famous for having buggy games. People really call them bug Bethesda, and uh, <laughs> I'm hyped for Starfield. I, I I might just take a day off work for it. I might tell my lady like, hey, uh, this might be like a day where the door is closed for like twelve hours plus. But uh, but I don't. I just Baldur's Gate is really going to highlight. I mean, Starfield's got to come. They got to. They got to. They can't be 
this game is uh, apparently it's 25 years in development. So Baldur's Gate really is setting and people are not going to be as forgiving after this game. I feel. Yeah. It shows it's possible. Yeah. That, that's, that's the kind of thing. Like as soon as someone does it, like it does kind of, it, it's, it, I'm, this has been yeah. a good year for games. I mean, we've talked about a couple of, we, we, we kind of, we've, we've veered off of AOE a little bit in this podcast in, in different segments a little bit to talk about, we've mentioned a uh, Hogwarts legacy. That was kind of a, flash flare where it kind of just was really hot at first mm-hmm. and once everyone realized that the story kind of sucks exploring hogwarts is great but then after that it's like meh that game's kind of fun I and mean, that was gonna be like game of the year material then it wasn't um i think breath of the wild came uh, not breath of the wild sorry uh tears of the kingdom the, King- the new zelda mm-hmm. game came out that game is like game of the year material right i think we'd, uh, we'd agree that? with that it's it's up there it's definitely in conversation um diablo 4 came out i don't know if i would say that's game of the year material but it was nope. a big phrase and then everyone I'm hit that, that level cap nope. kind of after level 70 and they're kind of like and people aren't loving it anymore because they just burned through it so fast which it's a different type of game you know maybe they shouldn't have burned through it super quick uh this game Baldur's gate i feel like has been the next big i feel like we've had a couple of big game gaming crazes right and this one's been the next one in a row of a couple now and this one so far I mean, it's only been like a week but man, the reviews on this one have been like outstanding. I think they've, I think Metacritic had this one actually above Tears of the Kingdom, which was in yeah, the lead. I believe it, ninety seven on Metacritic. Man, that's yeah. up there. Yeah, that is that is very impressive. I mean, I don't know if Starfield, even if Starfield was exactly what I people hyped so. it up to be, and it's just as good as everyone hopes, Baldur's Gate still might just be better. I mean, that's not even to diss Starfield yet. If if it is meets expectations. Baldur's Gate might just be that much better. I, I honestly, yeah. I think right now, Baldur's Gate might be the game of the year. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, it's got a 97 Metacritic from the critics and a 9.1 from user. Like, that's <laughs> We've like, still got more games coming out, though. This has been such a good year yeah, for games. Yeah, it's a good year. It's a good year. It's like, you know what I'm saying? When, you, when AOE does get its little... We want to take a little break. It is nice. You can just venture up and play something else. And I think it's a good a thing, bit. too. It's, a good, it's good to get take a break from the aoe if we need oh yeah 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 it makes it makes aoe like if you just kind of you can burn out very quickly on aoe for like i i play aoe every day but um i still like i've been playing diablo 4 between the two and you know it makes aoe like you know when diablo gets kind of boring because that is very possible and uh just hop on aoe stretch yourself out for no reason and then <laughs> once they have their couple for a little bit then you just go back you know it's, it's a nice little dynamic it's a nice dynamic aoe is still just such a good game though such a beautiful game. Still, I, I, still I find myself favorite. always coming back to it eventually and always having like every, every now and then I'll just, I just get the itch for it. And I, I, don't, I don't play as like every day as I was playing it about a year ago. Um, like this time last year, I was like just itching to play. Like that's all I wanted to do. Now I've got a couple other games that kind of take my attention as well. Uh, but AoE still mm-hmm. just so good. And we're kind of in a lull of AoE. You know, we're not, not a lot has changed a whole lot recently with AoE. Um, and that's okay. It's yeah, in a good spot. But a couple more days. Game's gonna be around the corner. Well, don't worry. It'll be. It'll be. Always gonna. Always gonna be back in the spotlight soon. <laughs> no, well, you heard it here. You heard Mr. Neville's. You know, break, breaking some news. I guess we'll see. Oh, we'll yeah, don't see. worry. Uh, oh, I do. Well, we will get back to a. We've been kind of straying off a little bit. Talk about other games. There's. I mean, we almost could make this just a game podcast, but we are called the Probably. Extra Sheep, and that is because we talk about Age of Empires, uh, Age of Empires Four, to be specific. Uh, we have Bitterlin here, who's been ever so patient, waiting for us to to actually ask him some questions. Um, let's just, let's dive in. Let's interview him a little bit. We've got some questions lined up. I want to shout out Beal again. Beal, you've been so great, like setting people up to help us, like get this ready. Um, and we really appreciate Bitterlin being here, of course, as well. Um, so we'll we'll start. Uh, Bitterlin, uh, I know you've been waiting for us to stop chatting and get to you, but uh, what's maybe could you give us maybe just a quick history of you and video games? Like, what got you into gaming, and what's been what was your favorite game growing up? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, also, it was really nice, uh, like listening to you right now. I also play Baldur's Gate, so it's awesome to hear that. Yeah, I'm playing a druid, it's, but I, I die, like, every road I take, it ends with an axe in my face, but I love it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the game has been great, I'm just, well, I, I won't spoil, so, you know, it's just a uh, pick it up and play, I think it's uh, an amazing game, and I can't oh, yeah. wait for Starfield as well. I, I, I mean, we get so many good games this year, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and Stonegate uh, will be next year, maybe, so, so many yeah. good stuff coming, and yeah, I... I think it's great for the gaming industry in general that we have so many good games because people who would normally want to play like Battles Gate or RTS kind of start picking it up. And uh, I think it's like even other games will help uh, other games to grow. So like if Stormgate does good or if Starfield does good, it will help like the RTS or the RPG communities grow. So every good game that succeeds is uh, good for the community and for the, yeah, for everyone. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. 100%. We've joked yeah. about games being like the gateway drug to RTS and different like <laughs> RTS is getting people into AOE. The real thing. Yeah. I love it. I will start using it for now. <laughs> so what was your, what was your favorite game growing up then, Bitterlin? Yeah. So uh, when I grew up, I, uh, let's see, I was like really, really young when I started looking at games. So I didn't play at first. We had uh, one uh, computer in the living room and my father, like he owned this computer. Like he, he sat and he played. And uh, my mother wouldn't let me, uh, but my father, like he, he would allow me to sit on his lap and watch him play games. And what he likes to play is uh, RTS games uh, mainly. So he played a game called uh, Netstorm. I think I was like five years old. And later he played a game uh, which he called Sumama. And uh, that was actually Age of Empires. Sumama was like something the villager said. It wasn't actually Sumama, it was like Okama or something, but... I know exactly that voice line that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So my father said, and like, uh, do you want to see me play Sumama? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I've seen him like beat the AI and he was like, he was extremely cheesy. He would just tower rush every game, but I thought like, it's amazing, you know. Oh, he's an OG (laughs) tower rusher. My my father invented the tower rush, just saying. (laughs) Hey, stay (laughs) for Yeah, so that was my, my introduction to games and RTS, and obviously I played like other games, not just uh, RTS, and uh, when my father and uh, mother went to sleep, so the computer was in the living room, I, w- I was always like a night owl, I would never sleep at night, like right now it's middle of the night for me, and I'm not going to sleep anytime soon, so I would sneak and play like the Sumama game, Age of Empires, and I would get destroyed, and I would try to mimic my father, and I would absolutely get trashed. And uh, that was my introduction. That is uh, awesome. <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is so cool. You know, uh, this is a bit, I, I've, got, I've got a little, a little junior soccer team walking around. He's, he's just about to turn three uh, coming up in September. And his, he loves uh, when I played, me and my wife are playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the Zelda game. And he, yeah. uh, he calls it touch. Because he loves, there's a little thing you go up in little green circles, you go and touch for like the shrines. So he's like, touch, 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 like always wants us to go and, and find those. And then he wants to press the button to touch them. And that's it, it just, it's so fun to see that. That's when you said that you got to sit in your dad's lap. I, I grew up doing something very similar with my dad standing next to him, watching him play RTS games as well. Like that, that's, that's, oh, fun. that's, that's super, I, I, that really makes me nostalgic. I love that. Yeah, and I also have like a nephew that plays uh, Zelda, and uh, they also like make all these uh, names and noises about everything they they see. Uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for it, and I also have like a son coming in, in a month, so 
Uh, I can't wait to give him the same experience, but I will allow him to play, uh, yeah. unlike my parents. Uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess they, they, uh, they did well because, uh, you know, <laughs> it turned out well. That's great. Congratulations, though, on the child coming yeah. up. Yeah, thank you. No I'm problem. Super oh, that's great. Yeah, thanks. So I guess we kind of already found out what got you into RTS then. Obviously, there's a family history here of uh, playing RTS and Age of Empires in particular. Uh, so maybe, obviously, what, what got you in? You're obviously like one of the most probably lauded map crafters in this game. Uh, like hands down, like some of the maps you've made. I mean, we are big fans of Golden Heights. I know most everyone is. Uh, some oh, yeah. of those maps you've made are just, just awesome. Uh, what got you into making custom maps and like level design? What got you into that? Uh, I played so much RTS when I was a child and I would basically I would do all the campaigns and I would play like all the skirmish matches and you know at some point uh, I just felt like I need to make uh, like something else you know like have a, a different experience because when I like when I was young I didn't have many games I had like Age of Empires and a uh, few other games so when I would get bored of the other games like oh there is no more content but with Age of Empires I was like oh I can create content and I would, I would basically never get bored uh, about the game uh, this way. I would make like a costume scenarios and I would give myself all the overpowered, uh, you know, nonsense that I could think of because I was just a child. Uh, but, you know, in, uh, in time when I go, uh, I made like more uh, elaborate scenarios. And they, I, at first I was not aware at all about like uh, competitive play i didn't know people even try to play this game competitively like you know beating the ai is fun but you know what you know it's not chess that's that's what i thought right i was mistaken but uh, i will get to that so uh, i made uh, like fun scenarios but uh, to my luck like when i got older and i learned the programming i made uh, this kind of big scenario uh, called uh, it was basically a, an overhaul of age compares to made it like a Game of Thrones uh, skin. It was in 2014, I believe. And a big streamer uh, called Spirit of the Law for Age of Empires 2, like uh, he made a video about it. He got like over half a million views. And like everyone was like, oh, who made this like crazy overhaul for the game? And uh, that's basically when I realized that people uh, that are like me, that are interested in more content. Like I kind of knew that, but I never actually interacted with anyone that uh, does it and i basically just suddenly got absorbed into the modding community and like people started offering me to co uh, collaborate and you know people took this scenario and made their own scenarios based on that and like i made all those different scenarios with different people and i got like really in love into making stuff for the community and play with the community like stuff, stuff they did stuff i did stuff we did together and uh, basically, that's what got me into level design. I'm sorry for the long answer, but uh, yeah. Oh no, you're good. No, that's, that's really fascinating. That's, that's that makes a lot of I sense. Know, that's super cool. I don't know. Spirit, yeah. so Spirit of the Law is what kind of like he had one of your map creations on his YouTube, and that's kind of what kind of took you, like inspired you to start creating more. The Spirit of the Law video that got the high viewership. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I owe a lot to Spirit of the Law's video. Like more than just you know the views and the exposure. Like I actually at first when I got the exposure, I was a bit shocked, and I actually dropped my scenario. I stopped working on it, and I gave it to someone else. I felt like I have a, a lot of pressure on me, and I was busy, I was busy with other stuff, right? But um, it did get me. Like when I got back, uh, there were so many like uh, friendly people to interact with and play with. And uh, I started like doing niche uh, 
scenarios and niche maps as well. So, and later on, um, like I think around 2016, I finally realized there is like a competitive <laughs> scene around this game. So it, it sounds weird to say like, oh, I didn't know there is a competitive scene, but it's not like Age of Empires 4 now. So esports yeah. was big back then. Like people played casual uh, mm-hmm. games most. Like it was like I would say over ninety percent of players, but probably over ninety seven percent of players would just play this game super casually, like costume scenarios, you know, uh, crazy AI skirmishes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I realized there is like a competitive scene and it's growing, and it got me really interested because I was always looking for more content. Because I I I always like I had this game right like. By that, that time, I was growing up and I had more games, but uh, I was still very much invested into Age of Empires. So when I discovered, like, you can actually, like, learn build, build orders and get better, and there is, like, these crazy tournaments about, with money that I can get, like, uh, you know, invested with, uh, I started doing that. And basically, like, uh, I thought, like, I knew Age of Empires, but I only scraped to the surface, and I started yeah. making, like, uh, ranked maps, and, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I discovered a new world. Uh, it was so good, and it was a world I was already familiar with. It's like, you know, it's like discovering you have, like, a, like a Narnia in your, <laughs> in your closet. Like, mm. I opened the door, and suddenly, you know, <laughs> I, had this, I had it in my house all this long. Uh, it was amazing. So, yeah, and then I started just making, like, tournament maps and uh, competitive maps. And tried to get good. I never did, but you know, it's another story. <laughs> so I really yeah. like that. I really uh-huh. like that comparison, like Narnia and your your closet. Like I, that's so great because that really is that's such a great way. I mean, I I never realized growing up as a kid. I mean, I played uh, a lot of RTS games as a kid, but it was like you said, like all skirmishes against the AI or the campaign. Uh, not really anything. I, I, the idea of playing online was so novel. And really didn't get into mainstream until like what ten years ago. How, when, when did you guys say like online gaming like really like took off? I mean, lots of Halo, Halo One. Halo One. I would say I would say like so, Halo. Halo One was uh, Halo Two was for console. Halo Two. My, I would say it's, it's more online, online gaming. Like, got, I would say like got revolutionized like Halo Two ish area like. Was that, is that that's, for console, that's for console. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Excuse me. You're right. Excuse me. I remember right. playing online. Yeah. Like, <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Like online, I guess. Because I, I remember my Wait. dad playing those big mass like online games as well in the early 2000s. But I guess you're right. If you grew up on consoles, I mean, I was as a kid, I, I played consoles. My dad played the computer. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I guess that's a, it's a bit different. I, I know online gaming for consoles really took off. Not uh, more recently, for sure. Well, yeah, like I didn't even realize that online gaming, this is how much of a new buying them. I didn't realize that PC gamers were playing online with each other in the 90s. Like, that's insane to me. <laughs> like, I could have swore I thought that Halo, like, I, this is coming from like a console casual, you know, but no, not anymore. But I used to be big time. And I thought, I thought like that's when the real, real arc, like the actual, like, revolutionary, like, where it became more mainstream and kind of like cool to play online was like, I was, I thought around like Halo ish times. Like yeah, first-person well, shooters. It definitely made it more cool to play online, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor would be um, But yeah, like, I, I remember a kid trying to play Age of Empires on MSN Gaming Zone. And oh my gosh, that's a nightmare. Getting my ass kicked every single time. So, like, what I, I would seek out the custom maps. I love, like, little RPG maps that mm-hmm. you can play in Age of Empires 2. There was, like, a mario party sort of map with a bunch of mini games and <laughs> oh, racing things. there was yeah 
that's where I spent my time uh, in AOE two, like growing up. Cause I figured like, there's no way I was ever going to get good. Like how are these people like beating me so bad every single time? Yeah. It's like um, a whole then different species of players. Like they're in they didn't have matchmaking back then, like like oh, true, yeah. type stuff. And so it was just yeah. like you versus anybody else, and it'd be like you know <laughs> some guy who's like grandmaster nowadays. And yeah. <laughs> you're playing like the equivalent to like Beast of at the time, like every single yeah, time. and you'd be like five <laughs> years old and crying. <laughs> yeah. That's it exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. Oh, that's great. So so Bitterland, um, yeah. how I, I, we've all I think dabbled with uh, the map maker in this game for Age of Empires four. Right, everyone's at least looked at it. Right, we have all downloaded it and tried it. I have right. looked at it and then it. immediately closed out. <laughs> I opened it up on accident and I was like, "What is it?" Uh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I have tried. I know I've tried. I know I've made it a couple of uh, crafted maps. Uh, that that's a lot. There's a little way to make that, and that's a lot easier. Uh, but it's hard to make it. I mean, crafted it's the same every single time. Whereas the generated maps, what you really want to make essentially, right? Because then it's a different seed, different like iterations every single yeah. time. Uh, but that that process mm. is like full on coding. It is way above my pay grade. Oh. I, oh. I I make videos and do graphic design. I do not code like that. Is, that is a whole different skill. Uh, yeah. But where does the design process start for you, Bitterlin? What's the first thing on your mind when you craft a new map? Oh, that was it. so I won't make excuses for the editor. I think like uh, you know it's not as accessible as the editors on uh, like in some other games, but it's. Like on the other side, you do get a lot more options, and uh, the fact that you can code is well, it's kind of uh, uh, increasing the entry uh, barrier, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also increasing what you can do and how you can do it. Uh huh. If you know what you do, but yeah, if you want to just start uh, making generated uh, maps, uh, there are like excellent guides. Like it's a shame that you have to know some somewhat how to code, but you can definitely learn that uh, if you want to, because uh, the guides on the official website are really excellent. When I started like making the maps, I only used those guides, and I also used the Discord community for modding, which I really recommend everyone to enter and uh, discuss their like what they want to do there and uh, what are their thoughts, and uh, people will definitely help you. I mean, I will be there and I will help you personally <laughs> to get your uh, map going. I'm like, very passionate, and passionate about it and there are people who are super passionate about modding uh, in our game. So I really, really recommend everyone to try that. Yeah, I'd like to play around with it a little bit more because um, I'm used to like the AOE2 map maker is yeah. much more simple <laughs> compared because AOE four has got to be pretty close to like just straight up dev tools um, sure, versus <laughs> like AOE two, which is seems like it's sort of uh, casualized yeah. or made a streamlined uh, for a normal end user to just plop some units down and like paint the map. That's true, but like when you do when you do want to make generated maps for Age of Empires two, you do use external tools so. The editor in Age of Empires 2 allows you to make custom scenarios fairly easily, but even then, all the coding that is related to the custom scenarios is mostly done by external tools, because in the editor, you can technically make triggers and conditions and all that stuff, but it's not as viable as using a like, quote-unquote uh, development platform. So 
Yeah, I guess like Age of Empires 2 allows you to create very simple stuff fairly easy, um, but you would still like get in a lot of uh, like uh, quote unquote, you know, t- technical difficulties if you wanted to make something big and uh, you know complex like generated maps. Although it's it's not as complicated as people seem. Like I, I don't want to intimidate people by saying that because if you just uh, put yourself to learn that, you you will make it uh, because. All, all you need is dedication. It's not that complicated. You need just to sit down, do it, and uh, ask people around because there are people who will help you. And the information is definitely there, so you don't have to be afraid of you know being stuck. Uh, basically, that's a really good point. You know that that, that reminds me kind of of uh, a couple things. First, I don't know if anyone ever played uh, this is a PlayStation game, Little Big Planet. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. but I, I remember, I remember that had a, that had a custom game like map maker you could do. And I remember thinking like, man, it's just so hard to build anything. And I was a kid trying to do it. And there's like, and you can do full on logic with different gates, and different things. Like there's tons of stuff that that game has. And people would make these amazing crafted maps out of that. Uh, and that looked like full on regular like maps in the game. And one of the interesting things that I liked about that game was that everything in that game was made using the game. Like it wasn't like back end stuff. It was all they built a system and they used it to build maps, which was always kind of a really cool thing about Little Big Planet, especially like the first one or two. Um, that definitely makes a lot of sense, dude. I think I've said on this podcast too, like if I just had the time and dedication to learn how to do it, I'm sure we all could learn how to make the generated maps. It just takes, it's that time. I think that's the big, that yeah. big hurdle is the time and the effort to get through that barrier initially. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think anyone could do it if they really wanted to. I think that could be a, like a thing. you just got to, you know, find the community, jump in. I like the idea of a, of the discord for that and actually reaching out. That's a good idea. Cause I think a lot of people don't really know where to start. Uh, but yeah, if knowing where that start spot's at and then just as long as you have the time to dedicate to learning a little bit. And I mean, we all did this. We all did it for for learning how to play. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all were novices when we first picked up our key mouse and keyboard on this game to try and learn mm-hmm. how to play AOE. And we all look at what do we do. We looked up YouTube videos on build orders. We went through the in-game tutorials. We, you know, we did a lot to get to where we are. We're we're listening to podcasts about the games. So we can get how to be better. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, it would require more dedication to become a conqueror than to make generated maps. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a good point. Just kind of in general, I know I played with the Warcraft Three map editor, like campaign editor type thing when I was my younger years. Uh, it just takes time sitting down and doing it. And that's kind of the, I guess, the rule for a lot of things in life. Um, if you just sit down and start to work on something, you'll you'll get at least a baseline hang of it at some point, and then having a community to help kind of drive that in a discord or, or, you know, something like that mm. helps motivate you along the way. Yeah. Like, do you think you like, well, like if you had to kind of like, I don't know, like implement an improvement on the in game, like, um, like almost like the crafting tools they give you in game. Well, not, not in game, but in the software or even to call it to make the maps. Like, what would you, so I hear a lot of people complaining about like, especially comparison to AOE two. They're saying like, Oh, when AOE two was way more, I don't know, user, user is friendliest. And as in, uh, in AOE 4, it's a lot more, it's a lot bigger barrier to entry because it's more complicated. Like from your experience, like if you, I don't know, like, you know, if you can implement something that might make it a little bit smoother for someone like more casual trying to make a map, what do you think you would do? Yeah, definitely the, as you said, the user experience. So you don't have, I don't think you can actually have a good editing tools that are also user friendly, but you can make, something that is user-friendly and allows you to make simple 
stuff like AOE2 does, right? Like you can't really make a, a, an actual uh, like campaign level that is in top, mm -hmm. top quality in Age of Empires 2 through the editor, but you can make something that is simple and fun and show your mother or friends, you know, depends on your age. And, uh, Mom, come look! That's a for some I, people, I though. My, uh, yeah. my mom, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you would always tell me how good they are. Now I know they were crap, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I learned. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I would allow like I would make something more simple, but that also allows you to make like uh, simple stuff basically. Mm. So I think that would. I think one of the reasons we don't have a lot of models is because there is nothing to play with in the like uh, shallow waters, you know. Mm. So you don't have to dive into the deep. Uh, if they want to make models. what i'm hearing is we need a gateway drug into map crafting we need something something just to, to prime them up a <laughs> little bit like a something. beginner mode and then advanced exactly. mode. there we go <laughs> well, and that's kind of there is like i said there is the crafted maps it is a little bit you have to kind of download the little mod tool to start just to get there right and then it gives you the option to like make a crafted map or try and make a generated map or just to go straight into the modding tool and so there are kind of levels and I've made something in the crafted map it's just it's it's, it's not good because you don't have a lot of because to necessity right because if you want to make something really good there is coding behind it that needs to be done whereas if you want to yeah. do something simple you can do some simple stuff and i've done some simple things um i think it's a lot easier to come up with a map idea than it is to implement that as a generated like map because that generated part is kind of the key where it's going to be a different map every single time that follows the same set of rules that give it a certain look overall exactly yeah so on the design principles though bitterlin what what do you like? How do you go about making like a new map? Like, where do you get your ideas for new maps? All right. Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, it depends on who am I making it for, I would say, because, you know, a map is good or bad depends on who is it for, right? Like if I make a map for a tournament, uh, what do I do? Uh, I want the map to be balanced. You know, I want it to be good with the civilizations, the tournament organizer, wants people to play because, it, you know, they want some apps to be good for this civilization, some apps for that civilization, or just balanced overall. Uh, you want to have, so when you play the game, I mean, it's fun for you to make economy for 20 minutes and then attack, right? But like for tournaments, you want to have an incentive to pull the players out of their base. And it can be, it can, it can be frustrating for casual players, but you know, for competitive players, it can be fun. So would this map be good for casual players? Probably not, but for competitive players, probably, yeah. And for viewership, probably, yeah. So it depends who you're making it for, I would say. Um, and when you decide who you make it for, uh, try to think of what gameplay you want to emphasize. So let's say, uh, let's go again to competitions because I have uh, a lot of, uh, experience the past year with that so you want some apps to be to emphasize um, a gameplay uh, and some other ones to uh, emphasize a different type of gameplay so you don't want all the maps to be the same like you don't want only i mean maybe you do uh, but <laughs> you don't want only dry arabia in your tournament you want to you know to have some <laughs> water aggression you <laughs> I, some people do, okay? I, 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 I was going to say, I, I can name a handful of people that only want Dry Arabia. I, I would say, I would say, I, I would watch an only Dry Arabia tournament and every once in a while, but I don't want every tournament to be that way. And, uh, you know, yeah. the, organizer, the organizers I usually talk with don't want that as well. So you try to have different maps with each map, you know, being about something else. And when you make the map, like, you know, uh, let's say 
don't go wants me to make a map for him, right? Like he might say, I want a map, like one map with water or something, you know? And I want, you know, the water to uh, not be about like a dark age aggression. So I have to make something about that. And, and then he wants another map that is open map, you know, but not dry areas. He gives me like these guidelines. So I have to say, to think what would make this map different than dry Arabia, but still like open and uh, interesting. So I think one of the things uh, that I want to achieve when I make a map is having uh, a different meta to the game, but still a balanced one. So I want the map to to do, so for me, creating a fun map that I want to play, like in games, like let's say Golden Heights, I wanted... Excellent um, choice. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted the map to be... So I wanted the map to... I can talk about it because, you know, I made it for the tournament, so, uh, you know, I made it. So uh, I wanted the map to still be balanced with enough civilizations. It doesn't have to be all the civilizations, right? But it has to be interesting enough so players have different civilizations. They can pick on the map, um, but it also has... So it has to be balanced, but the easiest way to make a balanced map is to kind of clone Dry Arabia, right? But the interesting way is to have a balanced map that is not a clone of Dry Arabia. So in that aspect, I, I try to think about how do I spawn the player? So in Golden Heights, there is a very different spawn method than any other map. Like players mm -hmm. start really close to each other. And usually people ask me if Golden Heights is bigger than other maps, but it's not. It's just that you have to go around the cliff and you have to go to the other side of the map. So I got like a few pro players uh, like sending me a private uh, message asking if Golden Heights is different size. And it's not. It's just you know, the, the way it's, it's designed is it makes you play spread out all the time. So you are actually feeling like it's bigger than it is, even though you start so close to your enemy. So like, yeah, I like to to try to shake the meta without shaking the balance. I think that's what makes good maps. That's really I agree wholeheartedly. Listen, I'm, I'm very happy you, uh, you brought up Golden Heights Theory, sir, and I'd like to personally compliment you on your brain power of making Golden Heights, because that oh. is my favorite map from the new map pool. And I'm very oh. happy that the developers decided to put that in the actual map pool. And I'm going to take just a quick... because I'm very happy to have you here, because one of the biggest things I said that will make, and I've, I've heard pros also agree with this, is that I'm like, you know, we, we, I'm looking at a nice spread of your work here. We, uh, we posted as a reference in our Discord, and I'm looking at it. And if this was added as the regular map pool for ranked, I think the game would immediately tenfold in quality of map. Like, because like, I literally, I said, I think that the, the maps that are included in EGC tournaments should be included into the ranked map pool and i've heard other pro players say it like that these these custom maps are just way more balanced like they're just they are universally praised and i'm not trying to get like you know i'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable and start praising over praising but like like the maps i'm looking at here like it it it, all, it makes me i get i get almost like annoyed that these aren't in the map pool like golden heights we're making progress here yeah four lakes and golden heights <laughs> like like I'm very, I'm sad Four Lakes is not in the map pool anymore. But Golden Heights, but it was that is my favorite. It was I know, and I'm so sad they took it out. But Golden Lakes, I just played a map on it last night. Yeah. Uh, I dominated. That's all I'm gonna say. And it felt <laughs> amazing. It felt amazing. I got a beautiful build for the map. Hey, I was just a hey, compliments to the chef on Golden Heights. That's my favorite map this season. 
Actually, I really like that thought. So I've got so many thoughts. I mean, you've just given us so much stuff to talk about, Bitterland. I'm so excited to get into this. Before we I dive in and start leading our discussion to this, I do want to ask what everyone's favorite map right now is. Um, I know Sir Neville's is saying Golden Heights is his favorite. Um, I think mine is just, I think Lippany is my favorite map, hands down. Lippany's great. Yeah, um, I'm curious great. What, what maybe Caleb and Beale, what your guys is, and maybe Bitterland too, what are your favorite maps are. And don't say dry Arabia. Don't don't come on. It's gotta not be oh, dry Arabia. Can't be can't be dry Arabia is so dry Arabia is and I, and I, we're gonna dive into this how you, your maps need to be like dry Arabia but not dry Arabia. That's a very fascinating thought. Uh, but outside of dry Arabia, obviously that's the most balanced map there is. Outside of yeah, that, I mean, what is everyone's favorite maps? I mean, I mean, we got uh, Sir Neville saying Golden Heights. I'll say Lippany. Uh, let's go with Caleb. What do you think? Uh, let me one. Give me two seconds. I gotta pull up the map pool. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be in the map pool. Let me let me qualify that. It doesn't need to be in the map pool either. It could be any map that you've seen. Yeah, but this is at least needs to be guidance because yeah, otherwise yeah. I'm gonna have like a hundred. Um I think I, I don't know. I I I like Highview. I think Highview is an interesting map. I know some oh, at least wow. it used to be have some janky spots. Highview, okay. I respect that. Uh, yeah, I would. I was tilting a little towards high view as well. Just really? It does play with stealth. For it's like an open map, but with the stealth mm-hmm. forest mm-hmm. and the yeah. lack of vision, it plays like a closed map. Uh, I do, okay. yeah. But you can't it, like wall it off super well. I mean, right. there's some spots, but so it's it like, is like yeah. open for rating, but like vision wise, it's yeah. I think high view is a really interesting map. Uh, I'm looking through uh, some maps right now. Uh, I. Like tournament maps, I like Frisian Marshes. I think that's such mm, that's a good one. An interesting map uh, with just all the food, all the sheep on there. Um, and then another one of those situations where spawns are sort of set by the map, where you've got you're always spawning on like the same line of the map as your opponent. Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. really interesting, and also like the stealth forest in the middle, and then like just all the food going up on the outside. That's a cool map. Um, Taking a look here. uh, I've always enjoyed playing on Gorge, another one of Bitterland's maps. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is an open map uh, with like, it's kind of like a three lane sort of thing, except it's not really, but it it plays like it because there's, uh, you're basically playing in a valley and uh there's hills to both sides of the players there's only one real wood line near like your base that's safe and it's pretty small um and then you can go up on the outside of the map to like get extra resources but it's all pretty exposed and then there's basically nothing in the middle uh on the way to your opponent except for like a sacred site uh, like if you go straight up the center and mm-hmm. then there's like cliffs on the side where you can stick like a scout and get pretty crazy vision over the middle of the map. Uh, I, I enjoy playing and casting gorge quite that's a, a bit. Map. That's a good, that's a good turning map. Really good, yeah. Uh, Bitterland, what's your favorite map? Ooh, I'm trying to think. So I won't pick any of my maps. I think it's fair. You uh, might pick yours. You made, made such good numbers. maps. It's, it's fair. He's like, I'm awesome, so I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> hey, listen. Sometimes <laughs> I got to. I mean, I, I've been talking about Golden Heights because I, I'm really happy how it came up, right? So I, I'm happy. 
but uh, I also really like uh, like uh, you said Frisian marshes. I think it's a great map, right? And I also like uh, Tempe. I feel like it's uh, kind of underrated. I see it mm. in tournaments. Uh, I, I feel like it's I've like, seen Tempe. I don't think I've seen Tempe before. It's like a lighter Altai. It has four sacred sites, but they're pretty exposed uh, between the players, and they're spread out. I feel like it's a it's a really nice. Uh, different take uh, about the game like it's the way i like to make maps like it's a different it changes the meta but it doesn't change the balance too much so i really like it okay um there are like several more like if i will open uh, the list now i just you know i i'm i have a brain freeze when I'm, i get asked but i will probably name like 10 maps which i really, really like and uh yeah so I, I would say like among the the best maps uh, i like Tempe, Frisian Marshes. I really like Cauldron. I know people like, I know it's a kind of condo. Cauldron's good. I like Cauldron. Cauldron's good. Yeah. Uh, I like, I forgot the name. I think Bohemia is really good. uh, If I remember the name. I didn't play too much Bohemia. I've seen it. I think I've casted a game of Bohemia. It's like Dry Arabia with mountains. Yeah. Basically, yeah, basically, I think like it doesn't. It maybe doesn't do enough to change uh, the formula, but uh, I think it plays really fun. Like I think it's it's on par with Dry Arabia, which is a lot of say, right? So I I would definitely put uh, Bohemia out there. Uh, yeah, I mean I could keep going with many many maps, and I I don't want to. Now I feel like on the spot because I don't want to not give a shout uh, shout out to any. Uh, map designer, which I forget, but I think those are like those four are probably good, good calls. Like, if I had to make a tournament and I would see four of those uh, maps in the pool, I would be, be like, good, Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good turning pool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with this four, yeah, yeah. Literally turning on the way, all his map pools. So I'm, like, I'm with that, dude. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun. The map yeah, man himself turning. giving us like a, a turning certified maps. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that'd be, hey, that's hey, it's quality right there. And one thing I will say, real quick, I'm we move on. I'm looking at one thing between uh Dry River and Rocky Canyons, and that mm-hmm. those maps look very similar. They do. You, like, is it just a stone in the middle between the two? On the Dry River, it doesn't uh, have the, it has the puddles as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe this little outline I'm looking at is making me. Cause I okay, those three right there. I see, and I also used to mix up canal too. I'm actually realized. Oh, I'm starting to see now where my peewee brain starting coming here. Okay, <laughs> I'm seeing it now. Cause like that always, I always mixed up Dry River and Rocky Canyon. Everyone and now, even and now, and now I'm starting to like. Now I think by actually looking and studying it, I'm really not actually not starting to see the difference. So now people yeah. reference them. I'm now born, but like, yeah, th- those also are good maps. Yeah, they, they, play differently. yeah they, they play differently, but they do look kind of similar. I, I wish they weren't. But, you know, I, mean, I, I, I like the concept of it, though, a lot. I wish this map be so good in ranked map pool. This is, this, look at this list. She's upsets me about the rank. The rank, the rank map pool is okay. <laughs> hey, it's we okay. got Golden Heights like, in there. We got Golden Heights exactly. in there. We got it, man. Listen, I'm going to keep shouting the mountaintops to get all these maps in here eventually. I'm trying. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm working for you off the clock, Bitterland. I'm working for you off the clock. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Bitterland, you brought up some really good thoughts about uh, making when you're making a map, especially I, I think most uh, players who are really involved in AOE tend to lean towards uh, wanting more balanced maps. Um, I know like casual players who just start in like I remember as a this is horrible, but when I was first starting to play a little bit AOE 2 right before I got into AOE 4, uh, my favorite map was don't hate me uh, Black Forest. 
Because I just I just wanted you know to wall off and just be safe for a while. And now I realize the error of my ways. That's a horrible way to play. It's way too closed off. Like obviously that's not a good map for those reasons. Uh, it's got a place in the game for sure, but it's not a competitive map by any means. Uh, but I like your, your thought of like how if you need to make a dry Arabia, but it needs to not be dry Arabia to be a really balanced tournament map. And that is so hard. And we've touched on that, too. Like that's that's so difficult to, to do that. Um, yeah. Exactly. And, and you also brought up another thought of how like certain maps are balanced for certain sieves. And we are wondering, and this is a question that Beal came up with, it was how much of a sin, how, how much, how bad is it to create a map that favors certain civilizations? Uh, yeah, so for a tournament map, uh, for a tournament, it will probably be pretty bad, but I will get like, it depends, I will get to that. Uh, but if you just make a, a map to play with friends, I think nothing is a sin, right? Like if you enjoy Abbasids and you, you want to make a map with 1,000 berries, go for it, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you make a tournament map, uh, you do want to make the map uh, not very sieve-dependent. But you can, it doesn't mean you have to limit your creativity, in my opinion. So, for example, you can have extra deer on the map, which sounds like, oh no, Rus will be good, but you can limit Rus in other ways, like maybe the deer will be over the water, or maybe the deer, maybe there are no wolves, maybe there is less wood, you know, some stuff that will hurt Rus, and you have to take into account which sieve uh, benefits from which element you put on the map. So it doesn't mean you can't put elements of the maps. I, I hear it a lot like in the modern communities that, oh, it's impossible to make maps for Age of Empires 4 because everything you do, it limits uh, a space type. I think it's not true at all. I think it's even more interesting than any other RTS because you really have to consider how you go about it. I don't think you can't do stuff you want. Uh, and I mean, you can do anything and still have a balanced gameplay. You just have to be very sensitive about it. And you have to test it a lot. You have to consider all the variables. Uh, but you can definitely go uh, into, into creative approaches. And I think uh, like we prove it with every new tournament, uh, crazy new maps, like you say, oh, this is never going to work. Like it's going to be broken for this year. And it ends up not being like uh, a lot of time. Sometimes maps kind of get uh, proven like uh, they were wrong, right? But most of the time, I feel like uh, as models get better and like tournament organizers be get better and there are also like balance testers who help us test their maps. Uh, get better so we know like what we can do and what we can push and we can get more creative without breaking the meta but instead refreshing it and uh, so I really don't think it's a, it's a thing to add a different elements to map but maybe it is a thing to make it like one sieve favor right but I don't think you have to do it in any case you can always think of a creative approach to make all sieves uh, viable while having like a creative map right so yeah that's really interesting. I mean, I, I've got so much respect for you to be able to make maps that are balanced. I feel like that's like now we, we've joked many times that we don't uh, we don't envy the devs of this game at all because uh, balancing the sieves just from a technical standpoint of just what the units all do and the, the technologies do. That's hard enough. Then you got to take into account what the maps look like and how maps affect different sieves. The balancing of this game is so it seems to be like just so difficult to do. And I, I think we would agree that overall, the balance of this game is pretty dang good, given how asymmetric all the different civilizations are and how many of them there are now as well. Yeah. Uh, that's, man, 
It's, I'm just thinking of all these maps done. It's amazing how when we start doing this podcast, I get really eager to play again. And I'm looking at some of these custom maps that you've made. I'm just like, man, I want to play on some of these maps. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple. We've got a list of uh, some maps that we don't love or things that we don't like about them. And we just want to pick your brain a little bit and see what you would maybe do differently with them. Now, obviously, these maps have their own place in the game. Um, I don't mind some of these as much as others do. Um, I'm sure some of these I hate more than others. Uh, but we've got a couple of maps we would like to talk about. First of all, Hideout is a like yeah. kind of a legacy map that came. That I, I remember seeing this one in Age of Empires 2. Um, I don't like this map. I know some of the other guys don't love this one. It feels very odd, very, very odd map, especially in multiplayer games. I think it gets even weirder. weirder. Um, this one just being so closed off with so much wood. Uh, actually, I'm really open up to the other guys, too. What do, you, what do you guys not like about this map, first of all? And then I wonder what Bitterland might would if he were to redesign it, what he would maybe do if we can just get him on the spot. Um, I mean, I you, you pretty mentioned like with the sieve, just very sieve dependent on hideout. It's like, is this map still like the roost baby, right? Like where roost is just pretty much shoot in for a nice W. Is this the map hideout was the one where the yeah, roost yeah, is? yeah, 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 because of all the wood in the center and the fact that yeah, it's not like it's super simple to defend your entire base with like one Kremlin and like mm-hmm. shut off the opening. Um, and get all that passive gold. Uh, with Hideout, I I struggle in just having my army in the wrong place uh, because there's the middle is impassable. Uh, yeah. So I a long way around for anything. Yeah. Right. You've really got to go way out of your way to to raid. Um, and if if you go the wrong way and you're opponent goes the other way and they're just a little bit faster than you then so <laughs> it's so hard to get all of your units back to defend um yeah i hideout does frustrate me quite a i bit. think yeah i think hideout suffers from a similar problem as prairie where it's uh because the balance of this game is very precarious uh it it breaks it a little bit, i.e. with, you know, if you pick Roost on Hideout, you automatically have this crazy bonus because of your built-in synergy with trees um, and Prairie with, like, the Malians, where you have, like, these huge golds right at your base. Uh, you just get, you know, that little boost right off the bat because of kind of the innate things of certain sieves. Um, it just, they just tilt a little bit too far in, like, one direction, and then it kind of makes the the gameplay a little more one-dimensional, less dynamic. Uh, because of those kind of the, the scale tilting just a little bit too much. Hmm. So now obviously we don't expect Biddle and just automatically fix these maps for us and then force that into the game. Uh, but I'm curious but. maybe what he would have maybe, <laughs> what, maybe what you would do Bitterlin if you were trying to make a map that was similar, maybe like what would you, what were some, what are some thoughts you'd have on how it could be better maybe? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll, touch, I'll touch on making maps for the game uh, against making, making maps for tournaments, right? So yeah. I think it's uh, it's a lot easier for me to make maps for tournaments because I have to make it for like, I have very specific uh, like I know my audience right like when uh-huh. you make a map for the game, you make it for everyone so you can never please everyone it's very like important to know yes like, I mean with Dry Arabia you did but uh, congratulations but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know when you make maps for the game you have to. Uh, yeah, you have to cater to everyone. And I do know that Hideout 
is liked by the majority of casual players, right? And mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the rules, and uh, for example, I think, so Barnes and uh, Maps, they go hand in hand a lot of times. So uh, to cater to hideout specifically, uh, you might have noticed uh, Rus doesn't get as much uh, gold from trees with a hunting cup coming, right? Like another problem occurred with the Kremlin instead, uh, with the Kremlin mm. from Hideout. But uh, yeah, there, there, there are attempts to make uh, maps and, uh, and gameplay align uh, with each other, which is something uh, that it's a very big uh, undertaking the game is taking on, on itself because we as models we we know what are the problems like we see the game we see the the season after it came out we know what is good what is good what is bad and when we make a tournament map we know everything we should avoid and everything we should cater for and uh, you know imagine you have to make a map without knowing how the pros will play or what is good what is not it's it's much harder and not to mention that when you make a map for the game you have to have it work not only for one versus one, you have to make it work for like uh, two versus two and mm. FFAs and you have to mm, see yeah. all good stuff. And I actually think Hideout, uh, I, I, I will say it's a great team game map, right? Like I think it's one of the most fun team games map where everyone in his role and like you choose which lane uh, the whole team goes to attack. And I think it's, it's really fun, and, you know, and there is the chop through uh, shenanigans and uh, I think in maybe in one v v one I don't like this map as much as some of the other maps I play, but in team games I, I definitely think it's up there, you know. And uh, maybe when this map was made, it was more uh, thought for team games, right? Like you can't make everything work for everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. And considering it's working for casual players and it's working fairly well on team games, uh, I do think it's a it's a good map overall. I, I wouldn't say like. Uh, I would improve it in any way because let's say I improve it. Like let's say my, my solution is to, I don't know, uh, let's remove the trade and make the wood lane smaller for tournament. I'm just saying it like off the bat. I didn't actually plan it or something, right? Let's say it makes the map better, but does it make it better for team games? Maybe not. Probably not, right? So every change you make that makes it better for a certain playstyle like Solo Land might make it worse for other playstyles. And what I believe is we shouldn't make maps more similar to it. Like, so everyone likes Dry Arabia, right? So maybe the solution is to make all maps like Dry Arabia, and I think not. I think maybe we need to make new maps that are more like Dry Arabia instead of changing the existing ones. I mean, people let people have their fun with their maps that we don't like. We don't have to play them usually, right? Uh, I mean, we all wish the map pool uh, would give us uh, exactly the maps that we love, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. And uh, I hope that with more maps, we get better map pools and uh, we get to play the way we like to play. And uh, even if there are maps that are not to our liking, uh, it doesn't mean they're bad. It's, sometimes it just means it's for other people, right? So that's my uh, take. That's a, that is a good okay. take. That's, I think we all will readily accept that. I mean, that, that's true, too. And we've, we've talked about how certain maps are, are better. Even certain civs play differently, too, in team games. And that is kind of the tricky thing, is you're balancing competitive play, you're balancing the the casual play and you're also balancing i like your point about how team games come into play a lot of people play team games um i've been playing more team games than not lately just because i'm playing a little more casually this season than i have in seasons past and that, that's a very good point that's and hideout is great for team games i feel yeah. like and it is actually over team games i never really thought about that for team games it's actually a lot more accessible and fun 
Yeah, and if you change the layout for 1v1, it means you also change the layout for team games and, and probably for the world. Like, like everyone wants the perfect solution, but you know, it, it's hard yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's a good point. You know, I just had a map idea, and I, I, that's we've we've oh. joked actually we've we've joked a couple times out like yeah. trying to make the worst map. Like, well, can we come up with like the worst map without just being like like they already uh, did? We, we, it's called mountain clearing. It's called mountain clearing. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on! Mountain clearing is not the worst, not by a long shot. Uh, oh, it's French, French, uh, not even Alta. I'll, I'll say French Pass is a worse map than those. If you're especially for like one v one, French Pass is not. French Pass is you. not my favorite, but yeah. but I I was thinking uh, Hill and Dale. Is one of those maps that gets a lot of hate sometimes. Person, I like Yellendale. It, it, it's it, people are very. It's kind of people love it or they don't. You know, and it depends on what civs they choose. It's very civ. Like China yeah. does really good on Hill and Dale. Uh, so does like HRE. Certain it, it has a very specific play style. Um, and I, I really, I one of the things I'm taking away from what Bitterland said and think about like why Golden Heights is so good is because it kind of changes where you spawn. Right, it changes the two the town centers on the same side of the map. Same with a uh, Frisian marshes, right? You're on the same side. That's why those maps are so so novel. Uh, I just like I like the idea of like playing with that a lot too for maps. I think so often we kind of get into the trap of let's just make Dry Arabia and we or make something similar. And it gets hard to be creative. Like man, I'm thinking of like a cool yeah. map. Mike, what cool map idea? I just was thinking about as we were talking about maps and stuff. Um, imagine a hill and dale, but instead of starting on the hills, both started on the dale. Wait, right, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dale? Dale is a valley. Dale is a valley. Sorry, it's an old word for valley. Oh, okay. so yeah, the yeah, hills and the dale is the middle part of the valley. Um, so okay. imagine, imagine both town centers, town centers started on like the other sides of the dale with the two hills on either side of them on left and right. Is yeah. that gorge? That's I guess. Gorge. <laughs> I guess it's gorge. Oh, it's gorge. <laughs> but, like, but, but like hill and dale, though, like those hills yeah, have yeah, like entrance points. Like, I mean, gorge, gorge has got kind of just it's like. It's like three layers, right? It's whereas, more open. Yeah, yeah. whereas these, so this would be like two close spots with lots of like some resources on either side, but then you're in the middle. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, no, it's, it's, I, it's fun I, to I think about. Would you put the resources on the dale or would you move them to the mountain? Because that's, right now the dale. Right yeah. now the dale doesn't have that much resources, right? Maybe you'd yeah. put. Mm, that's a good question. Because I, I like the I like the gold being where it is. I think that's kind of fun. I would probably put uh more like deer packs and like food resources on the dales uh, on the hills and leave the dales for gold and wood and have like a lot of deer and berries on the two hills so have like food there and then other resources down in the middle yeah that's cool i, I like it <laughs> i think it's cool right. <laughs> I can't make good. it. So if anyone's listening or if Bitterland wants to take it and make it, by all means, go ahead. I, I can't make it by any means, but uh, right. I, don't, I, don't, I do not have the time to be as dedicated to learn how to, how to make those. But, but you got the uh, stamp of approval. That's, that's good enough. That's good enough. Go. Right there you hear it here. Hillendale has been a pretty interesting map recently. Just uh, if you want to talk about like how yeah. much a small change of like moving one gold node off of the hill and putting it mm -hmm. down into the dale how much that has improved hill and dale yeah. um, mm. where it, it seems like a little thing like oh one one little resource node uh that doesn't spawn in your base anymore uh completely like forces you much sooner to leave the protection of your base yeah. and get down fighting in the middle um because I used to really not like Hill and Dale uh, until this season, really. And now it's 
it, it's up there in one of my it's the most favorite mountains. Yeah. It's way less. I don't, any map that is super campy, I'm not a fan of. Hill and Dale used to be way more campy. Like just with that uh that thick gold mine just sitting there chilling. People could just hang out on their base for a while, especially like I said, China, English, like those maps that are don't need to be aggressive so early. Hill, it was not the best for me for Hill and Dale, but the, the new changes on Hill and Dale now with the smaller gold mine, I agree with you. Uh Agree with you, Bill, that it is. It's probably, it's like, other than Gold Knights, I think Hill and Doe is my second favorite. Hmm. I believe, I, I believe I've, I've never disliked that map. I know some people, I know Bill has disliked it in the past, and I, I've always liked it because I've always yeah, played it. We had an hour long tournament game <laughs> against each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Oh, man. Yeah, you and I went, it was like an hour and how long? It was like an hour and 10 minutes at least, right? It was up there. Oh man, that was that, you know that was one of the most fun games. I was one of the most exhausting games I've played too. We we ground each other down so hard. We were it was an English mirror match as well, guys. So I mean, oh my goodness, we, of course. Oh, Bill and I were <laughs> like just imagine two like absolute juggernauts just duking it out. It was, it was like watching Rocky go the distance with Apollo Creed. Okay, like it was oh, wow. it oh, was like nine fun. rounds full on. Like we were being wheeled off in wheelchairs, being like, oh, there ain't gonna be no rematch. <laughs> uh, it was it was good. That was. Hill and Dale could be could be pretty campy, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh goodness, my brain just kind of now now I'm, I'm getting all this down. Seeing the second <laughs> map you can improve on, and we talk about campy. Yeah, all tie. All tie is interesting. I, I think we've, we've talked on this podcast about how we would fix all tie, and it's just a matter of the trade, right? I think I think just the way the mountains spawn. Like, I don't know why. I just I think Altai. It may be because it's I'm so unsuccessful. Like I lose. The thing I think Altai is probably my least successful map. And I think it's I think a lot of civilizations like I think every civ can kind of be played on it, but some civs just really take the cake. And I think that's uh, English and China. Like English and China. I think especially China. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know each China are just, you can just, you camp it out and you kind of just, I feel like outside a lot of times goes the distance because of just those mountains in the center and how it can be so easily walled off and you can start trading. And then you really don't got to really, you know, I break onto the map until way later. Like, I don't know, outside to me, I just, I, I don't know. I maybe get a, a expert opinion, Bitterland. I don't know if you chisel down those mountains to non-existent, but it will kind of make it like a, like it'd be a, I don't know like if that will make the map just completely ruin the whole identity of the map to take those mountains out. Yeah. But, if you just want to play on Tempe, let's be honest. You just want to, you just want to do it. Is that, is that what Tempe, so like that's, maybe? That's Tempe, yeah, right. It, like, it's like a like, modified Altai. Mm-hmm. It's like me. I basically want like a jousting fields for 1v1. That's kind of like what I like, where you just spawn right across from your enemy. And it's probably the most basic way you can make a map ever, but spawn right across from your enemy when those mountains are gone. And I would love it at that point. But the mountains, like, and, then, and they're not full mountains either. They have like little, they're like just, they're like four mountain ranges in the center. You can kind of go through the, it's hard to scout for sheep. Uh, I just, I like, I don't know. Like, that is the one thing I dislike about that map is I feel like the sheep scouting, you either pick the right way to go or you don't. And there's yeah, not a lot you can do about it. I, I, my biggest thing is that the, the trade is, is difficult on that one. Trades and and, and China, I think China is just, this is why my least, my, I mean, if we're going to, we talked about our favorite maps. My least favorite map is, uh, I definitely think Volcanic Island right now. Oh, I want, dude. I wanted to like this map so much. I love the idea behind it, but I keep, I, I have gone 0 and 3 on it this season. And I've been against China every time. And I have tried mixing up my strategy every time. And they've done the same thing to me by just holding up 
like holding up, holding up, like building stone walls, keeping me out. And I've done everything by raiding. I've done a fat. I've tried booming with them. I've done a couple different things. And then they always just end up fire land. Hey, one time I was two times. I've actually ground them down and was beating them. And then they just fire lancer me down. And it's just like, ah, and I think that's more my problem with oh, China yeah. than the map. Cause I just have not played against anyone other than China on volcanic Island. No, uh, but that map has map. falls into some of the same traps. I think that a uh, hideout does on a one V one, at least. Cause I like the idea of having some mixed in fishing with like, I like, maps that break what you normally do that's why i think golden heights is so mm -hmm. good because it's not a full water map not at all but that water right. can't be ignored either if you go if you go water uncontested, uh, right. it is enough to swing the game in your favor it's it's such a dynamic but there's also you have to plan it, for it right off the bat because it's far away i i that's such a good map i know back when we're talking i can talk about golden heights forever i want to i literally you know what i'm saying he's fine i'm happy i can make somebody feel better about their creation because I think that uh, yeah, Golden Heights, it's like that could be, if you want to do something a little different, that's a gold standard right there because you don't need water to win either. Like I've lost, like I've gotten water and like lost still because water is only like a quarter of the map. So in that far right corner, the water's at. So like really, we're, we're actually off topic. We're talking, we're talking about Altai. Like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because like, I could talk about Golden Heights for a minute, but I feel Altai, I feel like the, the way the mountains spawn in there is where it gets weird for me. Like, I don't like, like, if it, maybe if it was just a full, like, just two mountain, two really long mountain ranges in the center, maybe I'll like that more. But, like, the fact that they split off in them, they, like, they're, they're basically, like, a quarter each. So, like, you, you can go through the center. It's an odd map, and it's very, like I said, and scouting and trade. So, scouting and trade is my two biggest problems outside. Hmm. And I don't know what can be improved, maybe, a certain person. Yeah. I have an idea. Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe no point. I think like the scouting uh, is not good on Altai. I think that's all the levels, right? It's not just uh, it, it affects everyone, right? And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, about the trade, I think it's okay to have some trade maps. I don't know if Altai should be a trade map. Like I don't know if I, I mean, we have a French pass, right? Like should we have mm. two trade maps? Uh, the same was with like yeah. here and there. And we had like Hill and Dale, which was a campy map, quote unquote. And we had Mountain Pass, which was a campy map. But do we actually need two of those? So Hill and Dale was. Uh, oh, I, I forgot mean, about campy. Mountain Pass. That's a good Yeah. Yeah. Mountain Pass is basically like the, the noob friendly map. Like it's where uh, I you hate know, Mountain Pass. <laughs> I, I love it because every, like, every time I have to introduce the game to a new player, and they, you know, they feel like super exposed and like they can be attacked from so many directions. Oh, just play this map, you know, wall here, have it, like learn to play. That's how I. Yeah, yeah. My best China so map, my, my, my best China game was on that map, actually, against a Mongol. And I did. I kind of I held off some early rushing. I eventually it took a long time for me to get him out of my side of the map. And then I had to like wall off. Eventually, it was like way late to wall that in. But eventually I took control of my side. I actually dropped a keep in his trade line in his back as well. That was a lot of fun. That's brutal. Oh, it was, That's it was a fun game. I, I went in full That's Imperial. Brutal. In the end, I ended up crushing. It was one of the most fun games. I think, I mean, I like those campy maps every now and then, you know? Yeah, I guess every map pool needs at least one good campy map. Never, I mean, I'm more of an aggressive player, so like, that's probably why I'm most all people like, are, but yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, dude, you walling up, nerd. Like, I'm like, just, so I was one, I was one to just fight nonstop. But, like, that's probably my problem, too, in the game. Because I don't really, I don't really know how to camp. Um, I want to um, ask you guys a question, then ask a bitter little question. But the question I'm asking you guys, you don't necessarily have to answer. It's just kind of food for thought. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that the problem with the ranked map pool isn't necessarily there being, quote unquote, bad maps? but 
too many redundant type maps. So like Hillandale mm. and French Pass in the same pool feels really bad. But if it was just yeah. one, then maybe it wouldn't be as complained. You know, maybe it's more of a selection issue. Um, that's good. Just, that's just good. I'll look on it. It's a good outlook um, on it. Yeah. And then for Bitterland, what would you, what do you think about? And obviously the game isn't like that, so it doesn't matter. But what would you think about having maps made for 1v1 and maps made for team games? It's kind of separate. So like instead of having hideout and having hideout just expand into molten team games, having like 1v1 and team mm. game specific maps. Mm. Should I ask oh. or do you guys want to go first? Uh, uh, you can go ahead. Okay, cool. So I think uh, it's a, I, I think it would be great to have uh, maps that are specifically made for a specific type of play. Like maybe we can have, you know, a map that is only for 1v1. Uh, but I think that the issue with this is uh, how it will be um, <clears throat> transparent to new players. What's going to happen? So imagine you have like hideout yeah. 1v1 and hideout like team games. Imagine you're a new player, you play hideout on team games. Now you change to hideout 1v1. You expect, like, you already expect something. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's bad for the game to, to subvert uh, expectations of players in a bad way. Like, they have to fail, like, to trial and fail, basically, to, to understand, yeah. oh, this is different. So I think it's, it's an issue. Like, in tournaments or, like, if you make a costume lobby, I think that's fine. I think that's great, even. But when you actually have uh, different types of pawns uh, in the game, then it's kind of, uh, it's changing. It, it, you, well, you basically ask for the players to know all the types of spawn on all different configurations, which is a lot to ask from the player. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree that it would play better eventually. But is it worth the sacrifice that you make? That's a good good discussion, actually. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it kind of well, raises that, that, that barrier to entry a little bit for the different game modes and almost kind of make, would almost make people choose a game mode type. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, I'd love to chime in on this a little bit. I think that to an extent, I agree with Bitterlin. Um, I do think that you want to make sure that you're getting a similar experience and it's, it's easy to jump from team games to like one V ones, but there is a difference between a like quick match and ranked, right? I think this is where yeah. the most complaints come uh, from my, my passive observation. I could be wrong, but from what I've been kind of, you know, seeing in the community is that most people don't mind all the wacky maps being in quick match. Like French Pass, Yorndale, yeah. all those maps in quick match. Sure. You know, that, that's kind of where that feels like it belongs in ranked. I feel like there's a bit of a perception of like, that's where it is supposed to be a bit more competitive tourney like style, right? We're going to see. We're not we don't want things to be influenced by necessarily the map choice as much as our skill against our other player. Obviously, the map does have something to do with that. But obviously, an attorney map, the idea is to have that be on even footing for both players, regardless of the civ they pick. Right. And so I feel like it may be in ranked map pool. I think it would benefit from being a little bit more choosy as to what kind of maps go. There. Like they should be more standard. I think there should be always a water map in ranked. Right. There should always be, I think, at least I mean, I think Lipany and Personally, I think Lipany and uh, uh, Dry Arabia should always be in the ranked 1v1 map pool, right? And team games, too. I, 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 I kind of agree. I think those, um, are the goals, those are like the gold standards. The gold standards should be there. I do think they should have a map like Golden Heights or maybe Four Lakes. Like, I, I should have a, a mixed map as well in there somewhere. Or Gorge or like one of those other more interesting maps should be there as well. That should be rotating in and out. I, think, I do think 
map pool needs to be varied. I do like the idea, too, that what you said, Caleb, about having like, is it bad to have like two of the same type of map in a game? And I don't think that that would solve the problem. I think French Pass is going to be disliked no matter what, if it's always in the ranked pool. Um, I think people will dislike it because it's too campy. Well, yeah, regardless. Uh, I yeah, do, I think I, I do think it would help. I do think having only one type of map in like the ranked map pool would help. Um, that said, if you did that, uh, if you were more, if, if we were more choosy, let's say in a theoretical world of like what maps are in the ranked pool, maybe you take away the vetoes then. If you know that all the maps, of course, that might just make people mauled instead. That might be a bad idea, but <laughs> but like if, yeah, if, 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 if all the maps take were, away vetoes, yeah, maybe not. But like <laughs> if and that, maybe that's why they double up certain types of maps, right? That way you really only you do kind of have to play certain map styles I, eventually, you know. <laughs> I guess, but then, like, the the problem with doubling up and giving vetoes is that you then, oh, I'm going to use my vetoes to ban the turtle maps so I don't have to play those instead of, like, I don't know, tactically banning, like, of, of spread. I don't know. Um, just, like, you're having too many. feels like they're trying to force you to play that kind of map, and then the question is why you have, have vetoes in the veto. first place. <laughs> Unless you really dislike yeah. a certain map or together. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. there could be a whole discussion on that, I bet. Um, yeah, we are taking up a lot of time doing this, guys. We are we've already gone over an hour. I'm actually this is literally makes for a great discussion catalyst. I think we, we oh, can yeah, just talk about stuff forever. Uh, someone put the pit on here as to how to improve this map. Personally, I I'm love offended. the pit. I like yeah, the pit I a lot. Say, I'm a, I, I don't know who made this. I, list, I, I think it was Beal. I, I I like the pit. <laughs> I feel like a ten percent win rate on that map. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do too. I do too. I'm I can see Beal be like, "Where are my sheep at?" I like the pit. I think. I, I I like the way it plays out. I think it'd be fun to have an inverse pit. So like maybe call it the mound. The, the mound. <laughs> you know, the and mound. have it be exactly the same. Instead, and have it, no, no, knocking the hill because the pit does not have any way to get up on the sides, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have it be just inverse. So you've got two lowlands and then one mound over it that you can't because King of the Hill is like a, a circular hill. This would be just a flat like one. You go across the mound to your enemy's base. There's no other options. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be like it'd be kind of like King of the Hill, but it'd be like an inverse of the pit. That'd be fun. I kind of like that. So you might have to start investing in your coding, dude. Yeah, anyway, I know. I know. Just, I mean, I mean, I think some extra sheep, some extra sheep turning going. I mean, a lot Soccer of these maps, you know, like I mean, how do you make Dry Arabia better? You just got to make Dry Arabia, but make it slightly different, right? Like, how do you make yeah, the pit better? Yeah. Or just make the hills. It's easy, right? Just, just just inverse the hills. As long as I mean, with water and stuff like that, that would obviously make things very difficult. But on a dry on a, on a land map, inversing the altitudes and stuff just makes for interesting play. I think. Uh, yeah, I got you. I don't mind I that. I, I think it might be a little more interesting if there was more altitude mechanic. Uh, but I, oh, I, think I wish I wish this game had a bit more of a high ground bonus for damage. I miss oh, that. I that, too. that is so one, that's one thing. thing I really wish was implemented in this game, because I do feel like that would make things very. I think that would add a whole nother level of interesting yeah. like tactics. It, it would it put a little more emphasis on on micro and, and when you do and don't take a battle. Uh-huh. It's actually yeah. possible with modding, like uh, because when the game was made, uh, there was actually like some bonuses to elevation, like knights couldn't charge uphill and such. So, yeah, it's still in the game. You can pull it and use it in, in your mod. Like, people did it, so that's why I'm telling. Like it's not like a NDA or anything. It's in like uh, I think there is a mod for it, maybe. Maybe that's it's, it's interesting now things, but yeah, but it's in the game, so you can pull it out and. Publish it and play with like uh, elevation bonus basically. Interesting. That's oh, neat. That's, I, I don't know why they that. pulled oh, it out. Bad feedback, yeah. I guess, maybe. But maybe. Huh, I mean, because you don't want to. I guess the tricky thing is you don't want to affect things too much, right? 
Because if, it, if it's all just high ground, then it yeah. just becomes a, a mini game right. of who can take the higher ground in fights and you automatically win. I think in the end of the day, they wanted the, the rock, paper, scissors of the units to be the chief foremost deciding factor in fights. Exactly. But a small, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I do think a small bonus, or maybe even it was like just a vision a little bit more. I know that like uh, you get to, you can see into like the pit if you're above, but not up and out. Maybe like slight mm-hmm. vision increases. Are there, there are things I think that could still be added that'd be really interesting. But uh, yeah, you don't want to overdo yeah. the bonuses of that. Otherwise, it detracts from the core aspect of the game, which is why I would guess, as not a dev, why I would guess they probably said, nah, this isn't quite fitting if I had to be exactly. speculative. But. I actually really like the way like it only affects vision in this game because, as you said, you, you have to emphasize uh, more like what composition you have with your units and... Uh, how do you engage the battle then like taking a heal and sit on it because uh, it would be it would probably make for more campy games if you add uh, elevation bonuses and also not to mention that if you add uh, elevation bonuses like now it will basically break half the maps you know yeah. they would play very mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I think it's great uh, how it is now uh, but uh, it would definitely be interesting uh, you know it would be interesting it would be different uh, but I, I wouldn't change it mm-hmm. personally yeah that makes sense, actually. Um, I know the other map that's on here is the is Prairie. This is a controversial map because it's really good for certain civs, not good for others. It's a difficult yeah. Prairie is difficult. Just, just, there just is not enough wood on this map. No, it's not near. And I think that's the biggest flaw of this map. If it just had one solid wood line that was decent for each. I would love the map. Yeah, then, then I think it'd be that'd be my personal fix for Prairie. I don't know if Bitterland would do anything different with this one because I do like the difference of this map. It feels very unique. Yeah. I love I love yeah. the double sheep because I just love hearing that beautiful bell. <laughs> I love I love hearing that like a million times on the map. I no, love we're not that. biased here on this. Not at all. Not only extra sheep. No, not one bit. Uh, <laughs> I think the lack of wood is the most frustrating thing on that map, though. What would you say, Beal? Is that, that why you have it on this list? Yeah, and I mean, I really want to like Prairie uh, because I love open maps, uh, but it does turn into, like, with HRE, you can plop right down on that giant gold mine that's right near your base and maybe even in town center range and can basically just get up to castle with all of that extra sheep on the map. Uh you can throw down the ock and cover the gold and all that sheep um, and just play really close as HRE and then explode with like a Burgrave having the food still at that point to support just a men at arms flood. Uh, yeah. This sounds like a good time to me. No, of course. <laughs> I went out. It's not like a seven minute castle. I feel like seven, eight minute castle. You can get on that with the HRE. With all those sheep, if you scout well enough. Like, as an ABBA main, this is not my favorite map. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like there's some wood players in this Yeah, band. I feel like as a, I, love, I love my trash units, and there's not a lot of wood, and it kind of breaks my heart. But it's, I don't think it's a bad map. Mm-hmm. Listen, goes just back build to... premium units. It's fine. Exactly. It's a premium Exactly. It's a premium unit map. Okay. This is, for, this is for the the big spenders. This is Prairie. Well, it kind of goes back to that question of: Is it a sin to make a map really favor certain play styles and certain uh, civs? And I guess I mean Bitterland gave us a great answer to that not necessarily right. It's really not a bad thing per se. I guess it, when it comes to like competitive play, 
obviously this might not be the best choice or it's going to always lend itself to certain matchups. And I think that's I think that's the key as to why people like and dislike certain maps is we have mm -hmm. preferences as to how we want to play the game. Right. And we have preferences yeah. as to who we play it against as far as civilizations go. And certain maps, when you don't have the choice of what map you play every time, you're going to end up with ones that make you play not your play style. And for Beagle, yeah. I'm guessing Beagle and like Nibbles, but Prairie is not a, a big win for me. I usually do OK on Prairie as long as I don't pick a sieve that's really wood dependent. If I go HRE on this one, I usually do pretty good. Sometimes I'll go French and have a fun time as well. Oh, French is good. French is pretty good on, on Prairie. Map. Yeah, yeah, French is pretty good on Prairie. Yeah, I you mean, got I me with this uh, list of maps. Uh, these are all maps I have low wins on. <laughs> no <laughs> to sell. Uh, Altai. Altai uh, quick match. I think I'm undefeated. Uh, oh, man. That's amazing. You just play English, and then you build a white tower on their base. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's why I hate that map. No, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Berlin kind of hit the head, hit the nail on the head, though. I'm saying, like, I think that, like, you know, like, I believe that to a lot of these maps, too, I don't think when they're made, I, don't, I think it's unintentional they favor a sieve. Like, I don't think there's like, you know, I think when they made, you know, Prairie, they're like, oh, this map's going to go crazy for the French and HRE. Or like, I, I think it's just like, just the way some civilizations play naturally, you know, if you play a certain way, and like you said, there's really not much you can do. It's like, you know, you can't make, like Bedouin said, you can't make everybody happy. I'm preaching people out there are some campy camper me campers love Altai and they love maps like that. Like where me, you know, I play, I like, I like to get fighting early. I, I like to get the, I like to get the, the units on the field early if I can. So when I'm playing a map that it's very easy to defend and you can't do much damage early in the game, of course, my biased opinion is going to, you know, raise and I'm going to be like, this map sucks. I can't kill. I can't even harass the French on this map. But so it's not really necessarily a, a knock on the map. Maybe just a knock on me. Maybe I need to evolve as a player. Maybe I've been the problem. The Maybe whole time. I've been a problem this whole it's time. Me. I'm the problem. It's that. me. <laughs> no, I don't like these maps. <laughs> these maps suck. I mean, these maps suck. <laughs> oh, um, too good. Too good. Well, we've actually answered, uh, gone through most of these questions that we had. That we kind of, Vitalin did such a good job of just answering half of these as we were doing the first half of them. Um, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Gosh. Yeah, I, I did want to throw a couple things out because um, there was someone who posted on the AOE4 Reddit uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, this guy who was just like getting into map making um, and took some like design inspirations from his friends, like asked his friends about uh, come up with a theme for a map and I'll try to make it. Uh, and he published four maps recently and I went through, I played them, uh, three of them. Uh, on my stream and we did a couple of 1v1s on each map uh, and it was really fun going through and kind of trying to pick out like, okay, this doesn't work right now. What could he do to improve this? Um, but where should I like, where should I direct a person like that in the future? Um, now, I guess I know that there's a modding discord for AOE four. Um, <laughs> I don't think the guy was probably aware of it, uh, but it was, it was just really nice to see like, Oh, this guy trying, trying to build some one V one generated maps. And what was that one you and I played Beal? that? What was the name of that one where I went with a Chinese that, or you went, you were Chinese and I went, uh, what was I HRE? 
it was no. ball something because it was there was two giant wood lines mm-hmm. in the middle, um, like two dots, and then there was no wood behind your TC. There was just a tiny trail of wood patches up to the middle. Uh, it was really interesting. It and was a decent map. It wasn't too bad. It was interesting. Yeah, it felt very the, far apart because our TCs were like right on the edge of the map. But so it felt really big. But it was it was a fun map. Hey, Bill, was one of those maps one of the ones that we completely dominated on, dude? Which one was oh, that? Yeah. that one? Oh, that one was awful. It was super closed off. Imagine, imagine Black Forest, but with mountains everywhere. Uh, you know, a village oh was in there. We're just a dream team. We're like, we're like Scotty Pimpin and Jordan out there. You know, it's no big deal. Exactly. How to win one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the, that that was a fun time. I like that map. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure I wasn't on the losing team at all. Not me. <laughs> that was a good time. It's a good time. And it was on stream. Document it. Well, look it up. Look at the vibe oh, somewhere no. out there. Oh, no. Document it. <laughs> Domination. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was also now. wondering, Sterling, uh, have you like? created maps for other genres or have you done like FPS maps or encounter designs for tabletop RPGs, stuff like that? Yeah, I make like uh, board games and tabletop games for many years, like uh, only as a hobby. I mean, I do kind of uh, sell them from time to time, but not, I'm not big on that or anything. I just do it for fun. So Mm -hmm. when I make, I think there is like a, a, a lot of similar concepts when you make maps for any game. And uh, I think the main concept is it's not about the map, it's about the game. Like, how do I make the game shine through my map? So if you make a map, you know, uh, for Age of Empires, you want uh, to shine on a new meta, or you want to shine on a, on a, on a certain play style, and you want to make, you know, a, a balanced gameplay. So you have to, and you want to the game to shine, basically. You want players to be able to Think of different landmarks for your map and you know engage with the map to be interactive with it. And I think that's true for any map you make. Uh, like when I make, a, a, for example, tabletop maps, I'm trying to think of how I tell this you know tabletop story through the map. Like when they go here, I can you know trigger this and that. And uh, here is the centerpiece everyone will be like concentrated uh, with when they go through the map. And you know, and I think uh, a lot of time when people make maps, they um, they try to think about a singular. I'm trying to. Uh, sorry, it's my, my English is a little bad sometimes. I'm trying to. Oh, you're good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. So, I think, uh, for example, it's really easy to screw up with maps because, uh, and I screwed up with a lot of maps. Like even in Age of Empires, I think in I made more I, because I I made more bad maps than anyone. Right. Like I made a lot of good maps uh, maybe, but I also made a lot of bad ones, and I think it's. Uh, really important uh, to suck a little bit, you know, to suck for uh, some time and get uh, better and understand what it is about the map and what it is about the gameplay uh, that makes the map uh, shine. So, like, you might think, like, oh, I like a choke, a choke point map, let's make the map or a, a giant uh, choke point, but then it's not fun to play for some reason and you have to, like, realize why it's not. And uh, it's really important to show it to other people and... Uh, realize what it is that makes the map uh, good and that's true for all games for all genres and uh, it's, it doesn't matter what you are trying to make just 
make it get feedback and uh, never be afraid to to suck and that's true for like all game design just get play tested and get get good it's like you you will never get if you will only watch build orders you will never actually be good at the game you have to play the game that's true for maps if you only think about maps you will not actually be good at making maps uh it's weird to say uh, but it's true like when i, I thought I, I i can when i made my first map for age of empires 4 even i was like oh yeah i got this but that was a suck uh, but because you you might have 10 good ideas but the one bad idea will completely screw over the map like uh, you talked about prairie and uh, you suggested let's add a wood line behind the player and you know automatically in my head it was like that's a bad idea because I think if you add a wood line behind the player on Plary, it will be a castle age fest, and uh, you know HRE will mm. be on this map. Like no one will, you will, you will basically have enough wood to to go castle, and uh, that's it. And you don't need the map even. Like what's the point about the map? So I think uh, it's really hard. Like one single mistake, one single misplace of resource can screw over the map, and it doesn't matter how much like the the idea you had uh, was good if you don't give attention to the detail so like yeah try to think of how you how every detail affects every detail like if it's a tabletop design uh, when the players will be on like on this side of the map how will they interact with the other side because that could completely screw over the map like if if the player will go somewhere you don't want them to go will the battle become too easy too hard you know those kind of stuff can really screw over your map and it's uh yeah the devil is in the detail so uh, it's about, yeah, <laughs> it's also, I, I'm saying a lot of stuff, but it's really that hard because there are so much stuff to consider when you make them up and, uh, you just have to suck a lot and then get good. That's, that's it. I feel so much yeah, better that, myself now that I've finished. I'll yeah. just remember that every time I'm sucking, it's okay. I'm getting there. I mean, they say like what being an hey. expert takes 10,000 hours of doing something. So that, that oh, definitely applies right. here, I think. That's, that's some yeah, people say, yeah, I don't know how it's not, here. yeah, it's not necessarily a hard and fast rule, but obviously that, that it's the the premise behind it's true like the longer you do something the better you get yeah it makes sense mm-hmm. and i feel like it's, it's rewarding you know you see yourself come up you know you maybe were a little shaky at first and now you you know you can look back and be like man look how much better i've gotten like it's like a little yeah. bit of a motivator too so mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah most definitely you gotta suck before you gotta crawl before you can walk and you gotta walk before you yeah. can run you it. don't have to be good at the start like as well i think uh, the most important stuff is like dedication and passion uh, because that, that's mm-hmm. what will help you to do good things. I, I don't think I was ever like a, a great game designer to begin, begin with or a great map designer. I just had like tons of passion and tons of like, I was always thinking about it and that's what made me good, even though mm-hmm. I wasn't like inherently good. Mm. Hey, that's, that makes me really good. You're passionate about it. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, exactly. Adeline, thank uh, you yeah. so much for all your, your okay. insights, man. This has been so great. Yeah, yeah. this has been really good. I have one, uh, I guess, oh, final question. Uh, so in StarCraft, all the maps are stagnant. Uh, so, you know, the, the minerals spawn in the same place and same patches and stuff like that. Do you think more uh, 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 for RTSs, do you think it's, I guess it depends on the structure of the RTS in general, but do you think stagnation is better or do you think like diversity like even like the like in some maps even tree patches spawn different places um they they, they're dramatically different ways to have a similar genre of game 
uh, you mean, you mean like, like generator crafting maps? Is that what you mean? I, I guess so. Um, okay. I, I mean, so like, so like in StarCraft, like you literally, you, you click a map and it has exactly the same resource nodes at all exactly the same locations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to this, where they like move the gold it's, to the top to the bottom. It's generated with seeds every single time, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think what makes me like Age of Empires more than other RTS is just because it's not uh, stagnate, as you say, like it's, it's vibrant, yeah. different. I think it makes it a lot harder. Like it's so much harder to make maps for Age of Empires 4 uh, than, like, even than end Age of Empires 2 because every, every civilization even plays different and every RNG variable mm-hmm. affects sieves in different way. And I think it makes it so much harder but also so much more interesting. And I also think as a player it's much more interesting, at least for me. Like, you have to adapt to the map. You have to like, consider the possibilities. Right? It's not only, oh, I have to execute it this way. I have to... Maybe I execute it different because, you know, his gold is in the back or his gold is in the front. And uh, same for your map. Like, I, I really like that. But of course, there is a, there is a fine line you cannot cross. Uh, in some cases, like, it's, I, I don't think it's good, like, that you can miss a resource compared to your opponent. Like, like if I have gold and he doesn't have gold, that's not a fun thing to adapt to, right? So yeah. there is a fine line. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's what makes me love doing this so much and why I, I, I think I, I don't see myself ever stopping from you know making maps just uh, for RTS games like Age of Empires 4 because I just like I like the, this difficulty that's what keeps me interested in the game that's what also as a map maker and also as a player so yeah <laughs> I think that's my answer yeah I, I like that I think it's it's uh, an intriguing thought to think of uh yeah things that have stagnant maps like like league of legends has the same exact map all the mm-hmm. time always starcraft has the same things and then you have ones like uh yeah. uh you know age of empires and stuff where they like generate randomly or or mm-hmm. uh, battle royales where it's like a completely different area like each mm-hmm. time you drop in or whatever um you can technically like, make crafted maps in age of empires 4 and play those like you can have crafted arabia but no one does it and i think it's because the generated is uh process is so much more appealing and yeah, so much more engaging. Mm. But and I agree. That's a big yeah, win for I me like too. I, I love. That's why I love like Lipany is my favorite map in particular because the generation varies so much on that one. I feel like Lipany is like even even though like all the maps are generated in this game, uh, in like yeah. the actual like ranked pools, I feel like Lipany in particular has some of the most wild variations, which is what I, entices me so much that every single game I'm going into, it's the first time I've ever played this map. You know, like I mean, yeah. technically every time you hop in a map, unless you're playing the exact same seed that you did before. It's a whole new game every single time. And I think that's one of the best things about this game. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that, yeah. Uh, I think the reason why crafted maps haven't taken off for AOE 4 is because, like you were saying earlier, Bitterlin, uh, you make maps that emphasize the strengths of the game. And I think the rule set in Age of Empires really, uh, really emphasizes having a random map every time. I mean, that's. That's what Dark Age is for. Is, yeah. Stuff. yeah. Is scouting and coming up with a plan of attack for the rest of the game. Um, yeah. If it was crafted maps, like that just takes out a big portion of uh Yeah. The base Dark game would Age. have to be just completely different almost to make mm-hmm. it intriguing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah, if it was crafted, you wouldn't really like I mean you wouldn't I guess you wouldn't need a scout, but like you wouldn't like you wouldn't know like okay, the train post is over there, so I'm gonna scout over here because I 
Like it, yeah, it, yeah. Goldor has become I think, so much more cemented. Yeah. So I would think, yeah. So I think if it was all crafted, I mean, obviously it'd be a lot easier barrier to entry to the game, which we talked about in this, you know, the channel before. It's like just the barrier to entry, but I think it being generated, it uh, it's it, the barrier to entry is more difficult, but at the same time, I mean, it, the game has longer legs because every time you play a map, you pretty much are playing it for the first time, which you know. It's, it's a pro and a con, but I think I think it's better for the sense of longevity of the game. Because if the maps are all crafted, yes, it'd be players would be able to, you know, they would be able to get into it a little easier. They know exactly, you know, they can have a build or they can implement it every single time. They'll work the same way pretty much every time. But it would just it would the game. I think the game would get more stale, and some aspects of the game will become a little bit like just not necessary anymore. Will be way more micro focused uh, because yeah, the most game, definitely like doesn't come down to your macro big level strategic uh, mm-hmm. abilities at that point. That's why StarCraft, the pros have way higher APM in that game because mm-hmm. that you, you don't need a scout in StarCraft. You there's three sieves, you know, on your map, you're playing Terran or whatever, going against Zerg, you've got your Terran versus Zerg build. You've been on this same exact map a million times, and now it yeah. just comes down to how fast can you execute what you yeah, want. I mean, there, there is some scouting to determine what your opponent is doing early on, but it's not nearly to the extent of major yeah. You're not scouting the map, you're scouting your opponent. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, good, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure it's a con for new players too, because I think new players love to scout. Like it's fun to discover what you have around you, and I think like uh, it's even like if the maps were crafted, it would be even a harder barrier of entry for new players because the old players would know the maps by heart. Yeah, that was my thought actually. Right. Yeah, is that the old yeah, players, guess, the, the, exactly the build order would be sense, so actually. ingrained if you didn't follow the build order to a T, you'd be at a such more exactly. disadvantage. Whereas here your build order is going to change based off of where your gold's at or where your stuff, like not, not that your build order changes, but like after dark age, things can change a lot as to what resources you go for and what's close and what's far. Yeah. That I wouldn't say it's actually. an easier barrier of entry. I say which shifts it because instead yeah. of having to know a build order, you have to know what you're seeing on the map and what it means. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, uh, as opposed to walking and going, this is how the Turan, you know, this is how HRE builds on this map. You have to go, okay, my gold's forward. What does that mean? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, things like I mean, that. It sure. just kind of changes where the the knowledge has to. Be. I, I definitely agree with the whole. It, it, this game is much more strategic, whereas like StarCraft more is more meta game more instead of micro game. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's more clickety click. Which we're all old guys here. I, I'm not. I don't <laughs> click as fast as I used to. You know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> clickers don't work yeah, like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> I say as I'm a 26 year old in my prime. I know, dude. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. How old are we exactly? I'm like, wait a minute. All right, <laughs> guys. I had to question myself. Um, I love this last question in bold. I don't know who put this if this was you, Beal, but how many sheep could Bills. a metter gather if a metter could gather sheep? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking on that. I was, I was like, is that a real question? I was really thinking on that. That's funny. Let's think about it. I, I think he wouldn't gather much right? by the time he counts a lot much sheep, but I would spawn eight extra sheep, you know, from the uh, Anatolian hills for him. So there you go. So the answer is eight. Oh, there you go. eight. Oh, wow. There you go. Wow. Of course. Leave it to Maryland to give. The question is, yeah. would the matter scare the sheep away with the drums? That's the question. No, no, they, 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 all, start, they all start uh, obeying in, in time. They, they like it. They, they're all for oh, the, the free go. music, you know? Yeah, it's like a sheep parade. <laughs> sheep parade. Sheep, oh, sheep, dude, sheep, a sheep, sheep parade. There we go. Oh, <laughs> oh man. 
Alrighty, guys, um, we've been going for quite a bit here. I think we'll take a quick break and then uh, we were going to just keep talking about maps after we are. we are, my, my outline. I'm rambling a bit here. My outline had us going through our Reddit posts before the break. We've been going on for about almost two hours now. Uh, I, I record a little bit before we started, too, so that might be a little shorter. But I think we take a quick break and then I think our main segment will be just going through uh, Reddit posts. And Bitterlin, you are welcome to stay as long as you want and keep chiming in. Or if you need to go, you're welcome to go. Uh, we just either way, we really appreciate having you on the show. And thank you so much for all your insights. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I do have to go. It's almost 2 a.m. But uh, oh. it was really fun. And it was awesome to talk to you. Like, I, I always love to talk uh, with people about the game. And you guys are all a uh, conqueror at the uh, casting and, uh, you know, and talking about the game. So thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> thank yeah, you so much for being here, man. Yeah, that was, that was a cool segment, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Yeah, see you later. See ya. All right, and with that, we'll take a quick break, grab some water, okay, and we'll be back cool. to talk about some fun Reddit posts. Not a ton, but there's enough to at least have some fun. So we'll be right back, guys. Right. I'm going to get some water. I'm like, yeah, me too. Oh, oh, hard to break. Break. One second. All right, back in a bit. Have you ever seen a knight in need, all alone on the battlefield with no one to call a friend? Well... MoreKnights.com is here to help. We're not asking for your money, we're asking for your heart. Adopt a knight today and give them the home they deserve. These knights are warriors, they're brave, they're strong, and they need you. By adopting a knight from MoreKnights.com, you'll be giving them a new lease on life. You'll be their companion, their confidant, and their battle buddy. So come on, give a knight a chance. Visit morenights.com and start the adoption process. Who knows, you might just find your new best friend. Adoptive parents of knights should keep their knights safe from harm, from harmful things such as town center fire, cannon emplacements, spears, and archer pilings. All adoptions are final. Please handle your knights with care. Visit www.morenights.com for details. Morenights.com, where knights become family. Okay, how's that? Oh, yeah, you're good now. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a... Uh, just got some... some My uh, AC unit's cranking. It's like 90 degrees outside, so I... Oh, that's not so unit's rough. just going crazy, so I just turned it down a little bit. But that's okay. Yeah, now um, you're good now. You're yeah, good. That, that was kind of ringing, wasn't it? All right. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah, as long as let's show them before we start it. Keep, keep the quality good. Gotta keep that quality content. That, that, quality. That silky smooth content. That sure mic content, you know, we're, dude, we're so sure brothers. Here, you have head. been sounding way good. Your new mic does sound pretty sweet. Oh, so. I love it, dude. I talk way too much. And I, gotta, I, I just want to just talk just to feel official. We are sure. Good. Let's all have you know. Oh, wait, wait Caleb, you got a sure too, right? A sure mic? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of us. Bill. Oh, Bill? <laughs> got a $20 Logitech headset. <laughs> hey, hey, you sound pretty good, though. You sound pretty good. That $20 is getting a lot of work in. in the work. Hey, that's how it works. $20 Logitech that's great too good too good and we're back um boy we we're, we're just we were just chatting a little bit right before again uh we were just thrilled to have biddle on big shout out to him uh, and everything he's done for the game in the community really awesome oh, to get him on man. here that was that was that was a real treat for us hopefully you guys listening enjoyed it too um 
our episode, we're going a little long today. So our main topic was going to be talking about maps. I think we've done that more than well enough in the first half of the episode. Uh, So I'm just going to nix that. We're going to go to some Reddit posts, though, and then we'll go to Reddit posts and then probably our extra sheeps after that. So we'll wrap this one up in good time Um, on the list here. uh, First post is. uh, Wait, where's my. Is, uh, okay. <clears throat> it's an interesting post. This is posted by Screened Screen Damn Bright is what it, the name. That's a fun, fun username. Uh, but it says, the way I see it, I paid $5 per Civ. And he's got just a list of all the civilizations in the game. And I just thought that was kind of a neat way to see it. Because there's one, yeah, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like, what, how well, ten Civs now? I think it's 60 bucks. I think so. Yeah, I think it was a lot. So and like, it launched. It went down to forty. Eight. It launched with eight. Yeah. So, but you take okay. a look at the post, and he's got games count. He's played twenty-five games with every single Civ, uh, <laughs> except for Abbott. Yeah, except for, yeah, except for the one where he, he wrote it. Drew it in. I love that. I love yeah. to do stuff like that. Wow, he's been going crazy this season. Is this off of this season? He's played that many games. Uh, all patches. It looks like. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I do see that. Okay, I see now he's going. That's probably, that's, that's, a, that's a, a very really even. Player. Yeah, that's a really a even spread. Player. 25 with everything, well, most everything. Is it what, 15? I, the, the real number 15? I'm really insulted. Uh, his habit, pick rate is 13.5%, so I think it's 35. Okay, okay, good man. Well, that was nice. Yeah, pretty but, easy. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed by the opposite play. You need to up that up a little bit more. But, yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> it's his that's most big sieve. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, did he... Oh yeah, okay. I'm seeing like, so about, the, I'm like, oh, Okay, okay. I'm looking at some. <laughs> that is his more picks. Excuse me, and I, I apologize to him for even coming at him that way. He's got a 62.9 percent win rate. You better back off. You're right. That's actually listen. Actually, I should be. That, oh, this on team rank though. That's okay though. That's okay. Team rank okay, good too okay. though. I, I but uh, you know, honestly, that should be uh, five of each. I, yeah, actually, a 13.5. That is his highest pick rate. Oh, I love this guy. <laughs> Uh, that was that was I didn't really have much discuss. I just thought that was a fun little thought. Like, oh, if you break down, I, I do that with like hours played. So if I buy a game mm-hmm. for like X amount of dollars, but if I put enough hours into it, eventually it's like I'm paying cents per hour. Like, oh, I paid like a nickel for every hour I've gotten out of this game. That's totally worth my money, right? Yeah, that's actually a great way to look at it. So that's that's yeah, how so I look at a lot of things. Sale. So 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 to the next sieve be five bucks each. Honestly, I don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. I, I would totally pay twenty bucks for a new Civ, though. Honestly, oh, I'll pay. Good. I would pay a weird amount for it. I'm um. <laughs> pay weird, weird amount. I, do <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know. Be like giving out ones to the devs. Going here, you go. <laughs> I'm trying to get the new Civs. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how you quantify that in a monetary value, but I'll give out weird amounts for a new weird Civ. amounts. Here's twenty seven dollars and forty six cents. <laughs> 46 cents exactly confusing amounts but yeah okay oh, yeah that's gosh. a way to look at it though too a great way to look yep, at it yep uh here's another post by uh thigh candy what a name gosh i love these <laughs> usernames thigh thigh candy. Candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so thigh they candy. say uh Nothing what's good. the best way to get vision of a keep slash keep landmark so you can attack from out of range uh do people just use scouts now I, towers, yeah right? towers i i think the thought here is that like against like the against like the berkshire that's got like a crazy amount of range it can be kind of hard to get your trebs just in range to be able to see it um Mm, that's a 
Yeah, yeah. that's something. You hit G and you manu- manually attack the. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. On the top yeah. comment, it says attack uh, use attack ground. Yeah. Which and I think most people that- forget that they can do. I think I think that's just like a a, a a way we've figured out to solve it. I don't know if that's like the intended way. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is, but there should be a way to be able to look at those from other. <laughs> yeah, because okay. scouts die so quick. That is something I've noticed is like yeah. getting a scout out there and getting vision is can be really difficult. To keep it there is the problem. Yeah, because once you lose vision, it'll stop shooting. So you you have to like what micro your scout left and right to keep mm-hmm. vision. And I actually yeah. not to not to shout out not to call out Sir Neville's here, but I was watching his stream yesterday. <laughs> also, you had a really good stream oh. by the way. You had like fifty people in there, and that was that was impressive. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, I and uh, you were playing as Abbasid as you always do. Um, of course. And yeah, you well. were raiding. You doing? You were kicking this French guy's butt. You were just being disgusting, Sir Neville's. Um, <laughs> but you did one thing that I noticed. They were under their wood line, oh, and you no. sent your archers in to try and hit them. And your scout went the other way with the men at arms and the yeah. spears going the other way, and oh. you lost vision and couldn't. So your archers kept getting closer and closer until they got within town center fire because they were looking for those vills that they were right there, but they lost the vision because your scout ran the other way. And yeah, I was like, see, oh, uh, that was a huge mistake. Like that scout's so important right there when you're trying to pick off. Bills. So important. A lot of people say that uh, I will over APM myself into a GG. Just like I hear that a lot. And like I'm trying to look, I'm trying to do so much at once, and I'm doing too much, and now I'm making a lot of mistakes mid battle that can cause me fights. But yeah, that's, that's a good long term though. Yeah, I guess. I guess maybe when I uh, get my actual like strategies together. Then maybe 8 p.m. can work out pretty smoothly. But right now, yeah. my 8 p.m. will just completely out over 8 p.m. So and people will be like, "Why are you? Why are you doing all this? You don't just attack God and get your own. You're just trying to save every single unit at once. Like, what are you trying to do? the charge on knights is it's, the worst. I do that all the time. Oh, I do that all the time. I, I wish there was a charge mechanic button. Like, I'm probably if it like it's just available, you can hit like yeah. instead of like a move, I can hit like D move on like hit D and then like. Or like G for attack ground, but like that way they charge if they have it available and they just charge. That'd be nice because I feel like I over yeah, that all the time. I don't know if I'd use it if it was there, but that's something I struggle with as well as far as over microing. Yeah, I, I, that's been a big problem me. So yeah, what we're saying just so is a move the way to like uh, just get vision on keeps and landmarks. Just well, not a ground. move. You gotta use G. You uh-huh. to use attack ground. A move will just okay. make your trebs do some stupid okay. stuff. Listen, I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound very stupid. G move. What is that? <laughs> okay, I swear, I've never used attack ground. Like I've I've only a moved at on the ground. All right, I've never <laughs> used a move. You can uh, you can tell them to target a certain location. Like you can attack what? on that yeah. ground. Like you can do it with manganels. Manganels well. is really good. If you have a choke point, you yeah. want to just keep peppering oh, with rocks. If you want to fake someone out, like make what? them dive away, but actually dive into where you're gonna shoot. You can you can do some fun stuff with attack ground. Dude, is this a live extra sheep? I've never in my life used G move ever. <laughs> I've never I've seen that in a tournament one time where like uh one of the pro players shot over a wood line. Mm-hmm. With the manganel. Yep. yep. I, I was wondering. I was like, "How's he doing that?" I was, I you, was hit, like, you attack ground, and you just you're, you're shooting. Oh. The trick is you're shooting blind. But essentially, that's a lot more like how. I mean, it's funny thing is that's a lot more how it actually is with artillery and stuff like that, right? Is you're looking for the position, you're angling it, knowing like you're using some trajectory and some math to figure out. I'm launching my projectiles this way. The ground over there is where they're hitting. You're not really looking at units. You're looking at area is where you're trying to hit. So hey, really it's, quick, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So attack ground isn't that's attack ground isn't with the A move. Okay, I thought attack ground was 
AMU because it had the attack starts with an A. So it was like A move, attack, ground. No, what? different. A move is saying. So, so this is for those who are new to the game too. This is really good to know. I'm so when you move, when you move, so there's a couple ways you can attack with your <laughs> units, right? So when you've got your units, you got your units. You can just right click on a unit and it'll attack that unit. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, good because if you want to single out a single unit, however, if you get other units in the way, it's going to ignore other units and try and get just that yeah. unit. That can be kind yeah, of that, that can be yeah. problematic. Uh, a move, your unit is going to move in that direction. Uh, it will attack anything within its like aggro radius. Yeah. As it moves there, uh, if it yeah, finds something, it'll fight them first. But it's gonna okay. try and move that area. Uh, attack yeah, ground is move. saying, "Hey, Manganel, hey, whatever our siege you are, I want you to follow your projectiles at this location right here, this little spot." Oh, oh my goodness! I've been building towers, getting villagers killed by like that's why the Berkshire struggling with the Berkshire. I try to build towers to get visibilities or even houses. That's that. And this I'm is where just, it would help a lot. If you have your trebs, you know it's oh, over there. You know about where it's at. You can hit attack ground, and it'll start. It should. Most shots will hit. If they, you know, they might. Well, there's a chance be. where you might miss. But but yeah, that that's that's a way you could work around that. That's a live extra sheep. I did not know. That, that's actually like I'm really kind of disappointed in myself when I know that. I did not know this whole time. All these hours, I did not know pressing G will have somebody. will have a siege just fire. At that in that direction. I mean, like, in fairness, mean, how often do you say Beal, Caleb? How often do you? Say, I don't feel like I use it that often. Um, I I used it a lot more in the other games, uh, like AOE two and uh-huh. well, back to that, that you, you needed a lot. Where you more. could destroy trees with it, so you would attack attack around like a forest, and you uh-huh. could break down the trees and cut holes through places. That would be um, an interesting mechanic that. to add to the game. That would be. And uh, AOE two has it. You with mangonels, you can do it. With that them. would be an interesting. Mechanic to add to the game, be able to break trees with attacking them. Would it get rid of the trees or would it just make it easier? Yeah, it like destroys the trees. Like destroy the resource. Yeah. Oh, that'd be crazy on maps like I mean, high you can kill animals. You can kill the Gaia resources. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm very that'd happy you guys said to me, told me that today. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm using it often, but like that is going to stop me from doing so many mistakes I've done before. Yeah. Again, it's not something I'd say I use every game, even. Um, I, I do, I, I, I don't use it very often at all. Every now and then, though, with a mango. It's very seldom circumstances. Yeah. Unless Every now and then with a manganel, especially if I am trying to shoot yeah. over something or if I just know it, they're, yeah, sometimes I'll use that. So, or if, I, or if, I'm, trying to anticipate, if I'm trying to anticipate where someone's running to, I might hit attack ground or like there, there are certain instances where it's useful. Sometimes, wow. sometimes if you're trying to like shoot something from like a hill and you've got like a big height differential, instead of like your stuff trying to pack up and roll around, or if you've got like a wall in between you and wants to like, get through the wall first or I can't see and it, it starts rolling away. And I feel like your siege like packs up and starts walking away, trying to go around the wall. So like, no, no, I just want you to fire over that spot. And so, so when you a move, it's going to try and find to get over there first and then maybe hit. You can just hit attack ground sometimes and get over those and not have to worry about I'm it as much. At, I'm looking at the comments here and they're all saying the same thing. I didn't even. Yep. Wow. Well, thanks guys. I didn't even. I didn't, <laughs> literally did not know. Okay, cool. Wow. That was great. Yeah, so thanks to Thigh Candy for helping Mr. Neville's yes. learn, learn new thanks, things. Thigh Candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Too good. Um, okay, this is the next post. It's a real it was a favorite. This is probably my favorite post I saw. I was really excited to show this one to you guys. This is a uh, video. Um, I'm listening to it right now, so everyone on the podcast will be able to hear it. But uh, essentially, uh, you've got, if you're looking at it, you've got, uh, looks like, I'll pause it right here for a second. It looks like we're on... Uh, this map looks like Golden Heights, actually, is what it looks like. Um, so you got the camp on the upper side of Golden Heights. You got the Mongol base up top. 
They're in blue. You got an orange player who is somehow on a deer pack right above, uh, right below the blue player in the hill of Golden Heights. So these guys are like right on these. These orange villages are on the other opponent's side on the hill, uh, taking their deer essentially up above. And so in come a bunch of uh, looks like either Keshiks or Knights or something coming from the Mongols players coming down. He's also going to have he's got a uh, here, here the, he picks up a relic and then starts to wool the Vils. The Vils see this. Uh, they oh, actually wow. don't see it. So they see the, the guys charging from the north and run into wow. <laughs> run into the Wolalow and all get converted. And it's oh, hurting dude, 101. Right gold, and this is a gold three <laughs> dude, platinum ranked game. I this to have my miner in the middle of the street. That's genius. That is some beautiful micro. I, I love it. I've I never love seen this. that before. Am I, mean, I the only one that like panics and if instantly finds the Wolalow? Like, Oh yeah, I, I would have ran, ran to the knights. Like, yeah, I would have ran to the knights. That I would. That's what I thought was going to happen when I saw this. I thought he was going to run them to the knights, which would have worked either. I mean, that was just as good, right? Yeah, just I good. mean, he would have killed, killed all of them. I think an so alternate I way. I, and he said in the comments too. He said that his plan was to hit with the knights first and then run them into the wolo, but it worked out really well. Um, yeah, he's always oh, he say he did it on accident, pretty much. Yeah, it was kind of accidental, but. Dude, I mean, that's on point. Hey, I would even told him about that. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. That's what I do. Yeah, he said he pressed the wolo a little sooner than he wanted, and it played out by this way by accident. But again, I love this idea though of like a pinch kind of maneuver, right? And this can yeah, work with multiple amazing. units. You could have like spears and then have them run away into knights. I mean, any kind of pinch maneuver. I realized myself looking at this, I don't do this enough. Like, and it doesn't have to be a wolo per se, but even just pinching with units in general, I don't do this very well. Uh, enough. And actually, I was going to commend you, actually, Sir Neville. So I was watching your that that same stream. You dealt with some French knights in a beautiful way. You were just that walking your it. archers back and forth amongst your spears, and they were just eating up the knights. It oh, was some of the yeah. best dude, I, best hey, micro I've ever seen. I, I love that. From that. You, dude. Hey, listen. Oh, this is about to be a real Frenchy moment right here. <laughs> I remember you said like you just a move your spearmen and you move your archers around. Oh, that yeah. was from you. That no was from way. you. I was, said, I was you. thinking to myself, man, that was some clean micro right there. That was brilliant. Dude, play. That was from you, dude. You said <laughs> I was that, when, I, when you said that, I was like, I was taking notes. I was like, that's actually really good. Have a little bro moment here. Yeah, that was from you because like, yeah, I just like really what I did, I just lured the knights into the spearmen with my archers. They obviously knights wanted to take out my archers. So I'm like, that's not gonna dude, happen. You ate up like eight or nine knights. I was like, oh my gosh. He yeah, eventually dude. had another wave that came in and basically cleaned up a little oh, bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, but that first wave more. was like, oh, that was a big yeah. hit. Like he, you yeah, ate them up. That was good. Uh, that was a good way of like, you know, good micro. Like really just micro your archers and let your other ones, your other units just clean up. And that was on point. That, that's why I helped. That's what helped me in that situation. So yeah, thank you, Socrates. Oh, well, you're very welcome, Sir Nobles. Yeah, I, I love this clip. This clip makes me really happy. Uh, yeah, that, shout out to, uh, to user uh, Premun or Premun, P-R-E-M-U-N. Great post. This is this is awesome. I love this kind of content. Good Wololos. I remember yeah. my best. I think it's a clip on my channel on Twitch. I have a Wololo where I like converted like the entire enemy's military on uh, oh. Hill and Dale, not Hill and Dale, uh, King of the Hill. And it just, just like Wololo. It was one of those Wololos into GG's. Like it was so oh, good. Yeah. Oh, a lot of all those just make a GG no matter what. There ain't nothing you can do at that point. I love the way of just, I mean, obviously this guy's villagers shouldn't be so far away from their base. So that opens us up. And this is gold three platinum rank. So there is, you know, it, it, this happens every now and then, but oh, yeah. boy, what a way to play it. What a way to play that though. I, I'm, I'm in love with that. 
On Golden Heights too. Shout out Bitterland. Yeah, Golden shout Heights. out to Bitterland on Golden Heights. What a beautiful map. <laughs> um. All right, got another post here. This one's by Snoobeans5591 from four days ago. Uh, this is just some fun fluff for you guys, but shortening villager walk time. Notice that when I unload the dishes in my kitchen, I've started unloading all the dishes that belong in the same cabinet together before moving on to the next cabinet of dishes instead of doing, for example, all the plates, then cups. It's now based on minimizing walk time. I've optimized my get my gather and drop rate. <laughs> this dude is winning at life. This, this dude is like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I might actually take that take that advice on unload. I hate unloading dishes, and that right there is a smart way of doing it. Going instead of going plate by plate, you know, or going by type category. of thing, just going by where yeah, it's going, going yeah, by yeah. where it goes. Uh, the best, sense. the best comment is the reason I, I, I include this was the top comment, uh, which was just wait until you get <laughs> wheelbarrow. <laughs> no, that was really oh, funny. Yeah, wheelbarrow in real life is coffee. Oh, any kind of caffeine. I, I'd agree with that. Or Adderall. No, Wilbur. Oh, Adderall. Oh, gosh. Here come the PEDs again. <laughs> Performs enhancing drugs. Like, you get some Adderall. That's Wilbur for reality, baby. Here's Make another great go. comment. An optimized chores build order is important to get a chance of enjoying life before the early harassment comes, a.k.a. kids arriving from school. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's good stuff. That's why my wife stand garden a foyer with a three-meter spear. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, this is a good post. This is a good post in general. Good, good fluff post. This is what we need yeah, more of. On. A lot of the posts lately on the Reddit have been kind of like, "How do I stop this push? How do I do this without ever posting like what it looked like? Just saying, why did this happen? And then nothing okay. about like with the circumstances. Like, guys, we got to keep posting quality content here. Quality yeah, this content. Quality. This is quality. This, content, is quality. this, quality. this kind of sure. fluff is what I live for. This is quality content, hundred percent. Shortening villager walk time. I have found it better to never be idle. You can shorten your walk time all you want, but if you just stand there idle, you'll never get any dishes put away. <laughs> that's from Salty. You got tips on life. You got tips on life right there. That's fun. That's a, that's a fun post to see on the uh, thread. It was a very, uh, at first I was like, what is this going to be about? And then I read it and I, I was like, oh man, I got to gotta include this on our, our timeline today. Yeah, it's uh, funny. Um, here's another one from, okay, so I got to shout out Mark Hamill again, or uh, Mock Hamill, sorry. That's pretty funny. Uh, Mock has been, I've featured a couple of his posts. He has some good things. Uh, he put up a poll and this one says, when you lose a game, what is your reaction? Option number one, my opponent is played better, so I deserve to lose. Number two, it was bad matchmaking. Or number three, I lost due to unfairness, bad map or bad matchup balance. Three, all day. Three, all, all day? Unfairness. unfairness yep, huh? uh, bad maps and uh, yep, bad matchup balance. No way I did anything wrong that game. There's no way... That is why I lost. Unfair game, broken. That's why I lost. No way, me. <laughs> no, I just no. I think number one for sure. And the, the community mostly agrees. Yeah, that, I, I, I feel like it's really hard to even deny that. Unless you're kind of just being. I feel like these are clearly two bad answers and one good answer. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good like, answer. It's like, yeah, really. Like one of those like tests you take to learn how to be a worker at like Subway. Like a customer comes in angry. <laughs> Should you one start cussing at the customer? Two, throw all their sandwiches on the floor. Or three, offer to help them with their problem. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Exactly, you're right, yeah. Spit in his face or get a manager. Get a manager. I am exactly. <laughs> nah, I agree, yeah. That they're missing a very obvious fourth answer. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Bitterland's fault for making bad maps. Oh, there we go, there we go. There you go, there you go. <laughs> oh. Or game crashes, there you go. 
<laughs> I, I want to know. So obviously, uh, I don't know if you guys are looking at that. There's been 742 votes so far. I voted for the first one, obviously, because I was like, this is dumb. Uh, 552 is the current number for my opponent played better, so I deserve to lose. 79 people said it was bad matchmaking, and 111 people said I lost due to unfairness. Who are these people, man? Are they just trolling us? Or are they, or are they being honored. serious? That's what I want to know. I my question them. is, I mean, 79 people out of 742 is not bad uh, for bad matchmaking because there can be bad matchmaking. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. Especially team games. Especially, yeah. Yeah, I went up against, uh, I don't you left Cernables. I hopped in with the guys you we were playing yeah. with. And uh, we got up matched up by a conqueror guy, and I am not at that level. We we got destroyed. Yeah, I, actually, I played okay, but we got destroyed. Yeah, you did like a whole conqueror team. We have <laughs> a guy in our good friend named Jigglypuff. We met, he has like a whole do brills like you know, a clan, and we match him against them like three times. They're like all con three, and I'm like, yeah, what? The Devil's clan? Like yeah, they're yeah, the Devil's. They're clan, in rising yes. empires. Exactly, yeah. dude. Division one, dude. I like it's. A, I think it's one stream. I match up. We match up against them like three times oh, in a row. Man. We got to cook every time. I'm like, what is going on? The team game matchmaking. This has gotten a little. There's been a lot of complaints on Reddit lately about how yeah, the matchmaking is so terrible. And then people are gonna start. I, I'm just well, waiting for another week for everyone to start saying that the game is dead because of that matchmaking issue. Oh, man. But yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah, give it a week. It'll be give it a week. Yeah, it'll it'll come to four. Guys, everyone's all the all the casual people are playing Baldur's Gate. Duh. (laughs) Uh, There you go. (laughs) It's the right choice. So yeah, Baldur's Gate is good. good I I want to play that game so bad. It's it'll be a while before I probably get the money to save it. We're saving up to go to Disneyland right now. So so we're we've been busy. Oh yeah, well get a lightsaber. You need that. I already got one actually. What? Oh yeah, I got a blue one. Totally. Oh, so Usually it sits behind me. I when I was sitting in my other room uh, streaming, I had my shelf and it sat on my shelf behind me. I need to get a better. Me, me, me. Map, but yeah, yeah, totally worth it. Get the lightsaber. It's worth two hundred bucks. Worth it. Like, wouldn't oh, do it yeah. again per se because I've already got one. But like, totally worth doing once. That was way fun. You got you got the blue one though, dude. Oh, you dude, I am I am such a blue lightsaber guy. Oh yeah. What's up with that, dude? I'm a Sith Lord all day. Oh, no, you red? Oh, that that, oh, that one. Is, the most popular colors, honestly, were red and purple. Are evil. Oh, Mace Windu's too. Okay, so I can, I can go on the, <laughs> I could go on the tangent on Star Wars too. Let me relax. But yeah, oh, I, uh, I could do. I could that's do. A good trip. That's a good trip. It's fine. That's fine. It's definitely like kind of geared towards kids, but it's also still fun. Like even as an adult to just pretend you're a kid for a little bit. It was fun. Oh yeah, dude. I think Star Wars. The Star Wars uh part of the made me want to go. Hundred percent. I'd never want to go to Disneyland. Dude, Star Wars RTS one. Oh wow! There, there is there one. There was. is one. There was one. There it's is one. I was I was the leader of the biggest clan in the Star Wars RTS. So. Really, really? Wait, what was the, yeah. What was, the Wait, was that the AOE two conversion or was that? No, no this was uh, uh, Empire at War. Yeah, this one was. Huh. And there I was, was a Star Wars RTS. I was the, was I was the boy on that one. That wow, was, that was learning things about life. Caleb. What yeah. Star Wars RTS? I'm a goo. Star Wars wish, RTS is a real thing. If they came up with a new yeah. Star Wars RTS game, I would be pretty hooked, I'm sure. But that one, when did that one come out? It's, it's a little old now, isn't it? It's old. Oh, yeah. Galactic say, Battlegrounds? Is that it? No, that's the one that was based off of AoE 2. There was one that like just reskinned AoE 2 to be Star Wars. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, I see this now. It's a Star Wars Star Empire, Empire War. Empire yeah. Wars is still worth playing it. Oh yeah, my, okay, dude, I played as the, the Zahn Consortium. Oh my gosh, I love oh, that. that game. Man, imagine a triple A developer making a Star Wars oh, RTS. Don't make me drool. I'd love oh, that. That's good. I would be you know, had like Galactic Conquest, great. and you had like oh, planet amazing. space battles, and you'd zoom in and do like a land battle. It was so good. Oh, that's amazing. You got different factions. Got like the uh, the Republic, the Empire, like different times. Oh, that would be. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, let me chill. Let me relax. Anywho, 
That's right to our Reddit question. Dude, we almost could just do a, a video game podcast. Maybe we we'll start really doing go, some really extra go. stuff for like our, our Patreon or something. That's, that's too fun. Um, this is uh, another the next one I have. It's from a uh, user. I'm going to say it's wrong. Lil Pl- Leo Plurodon. Leo, Plur- Leo Plurodon. Oh my gosh. I know what that's from. <laughs> that's from uh, uh, Charlie the Unicorn. I think. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. Or is there something similar to it? No, no. It's, 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 it's like one of those kind of YouTube videos. It might not be Charlie in particular. I think it might be one of the... It's, it's, I recognize this. It's from a different one with like a floating I mean, it's, head. It's a dinosaur. But. Yeah. It's a Leo Plurodon, Charlie. A magical Leo Plurodon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hey, yeah. This is, I'm, anyway, I'm, actually, I'm, re- I'm reading this post, though. This is, this uh, yeah, is the post itself. FYI, <laughs> Wheelbarrow pays off in less than three minutes after completion with 20-plus villagers and a calculator that predicts gathering rate with 2% margin. Um, so the too-long didn't read is you should get Wheelbarrow ASAP after beginning to age up to Feudal Age in most games, even if you're going <laughs> Feudal Culture Wing as Abbasids. This might be more Abbasids. Which is than, disgusting. Yeah. It's just yeah. Why would you ever do that? They've, they've been experimenting with Abbasid Feudal Culture Wing and build lately. At first, I always research Wheelbarrow after Preservation of Knowledge is completed. However, a question comes to my mind after a few games. Is Wheelbarrow worth getting before Preservation of Knowledge, even if you go for Culture Wing and Feudal? And I did a lot of math, and basically the answer is yes. Um, Wheelbarrow is probably the best economic upgrade in the game. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't think I'm anyone saying, would disagree with me when I, I say that. I argue with that. Oh, it's insane, because it's, it's, it reduces the single... Biggest gap in resource gathering, which is yeah. travel time. and like and, and it like and it's universal. It like it just yeah, exactly. every single. It's good for defense too because your villagers yeah, can rush you the DC yeah. better. Outrun. Uh, there is a counterpoint. Right. Uh, someone oh, okay. here uh, says uh, that faster second TC is almost always better. If you go wheelbarrow before second TC, you decrease the number of potential villagers that you could have had. Even if wheelbarrow gives you more money temporarily within second TC, which is debatable. Um, I don't know. I, I think there is definitely some, and, they, and the, the person, the Leo Plurodon, does respond and says that they did the math before and getting Wheelbarrow before second TC would delay it by roughly 20 seconds, which is one villager. So wow, they say that in the really long run, it's pretty good, book. but yeah. Basically, it, there's a lot of, and this is what I, I think is really fascinating. This is why I miss when Grubby was streaming this game a lot. Because uh, mm-hmm. he would go into this kind of math bit. He would break it down very quickly and simply. I know we had Age of Noob, we did a lot of stuff like this as well, but I really liked having Grubby as a streamer who just would do this like right off the fly. I always thought was really enjoyable. He's one of the guys who actually got me into this game. Kind of sad he's moved on. I think the money was better for streaming in other games. Um, yeah, he's a big Dota guy. Yeah, he's a big Dota guy right now. I, I need to like, not that I want to unfollow him, but like, I don't really I'm not into that game. And so I'm just kind of like sad. Like, I really love when he streamed this game, but he doesn't anymore. Um, he's on his Gate right now. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing him play that a lot, too. I should hop in one of those. That'd be fun. Um yeah, wheelbarrow is is such a good, good uh, tech. I, it's like it's. Like, I, I think it's not so much as to whether or not you should get wheelbarrow. The biggest question I always feel like that comes up with this is when do you go wheelbarrow, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's just kind of uh, materialization specific when you when you go wheelbarrow. Like, uh, I mean, I think like it, like I remember there's some people that are going dark age wheelbarrow with the English. Like, and just to get it off, like, I think, I think a, a good base of entry, I don't have the math. This guy went crazy. This, I'm looking at this data stat sheet and I'm almost like, I'm like, what, is, what, all these decimals? Okay. But, uh, all I, I just feel that like at some point in time, like as you're going up into feudal or like, like the, the moment you age up, Wilbur is a good 
like it's a like by default is a good upgrade to go with. Like I don't see like where it can be negative at any point in time. I mean, maybe how much is wheelbarrow? I mean, um, you know, you know I think I should know that. Fifty gold, fifty wood. Yeah. Wow, is it? Is that cheap? Is it fifty gold, fifty wood? No, hundred and fifty gold. Hundred and fifty gold. Oh, hundred fifty gold. It's oh. almost an age up. Okay, hundred fifty gold and fifty wood. Okay, yeah, I feel like. I mean, like I say, I mean, it's I guess just enough, doing? right? Just enough to make you kind of go, mm-hmm. hmm. And it takes a little while to research, and then you got to wait for it to kind of pay itself back again. Like yeah, long term, you need to get it. But do Ottomans go wheelbarrow very often. Feel do Ottomans? Yeah, like uh, very often. Eventually. Uh, I don't hit it like immediately as I age up. Um, I do delay wheelbarrow because I typically um, the three vills that are getting gold in dark age to allow me to age up. I'll peel two of them off and move them over to stone uh, as I'm going up to feudal Ah, to prepare for uh, military schools. Yeah, that makes sense. So I do get wheelbarrow, but it is. It's Later. usually going to be the first thing I spend gold on in Feudal, unless mm-hmm. for some reason I need the uh, either Sapahi damage or range defense. Mm. Yeah. Like for HRE, like I don't usually click this with this one uh, until I'm in Castle Age uh, because I'm going for yeah, really, I'm, I'm saving every gold coin for Fast Castle. Yeah. For French, I'll usually click this as I age up because they get the cheaper windmills. So they can put that up for 25 wood and then I can get the age up. Like, cause you got to imagine that you also have to get a windmill at some point somewhere or a mill. You have to have a mill to get it. So you got to include that kind of in the initial mm-hmm. cost was another 50 wood or 25. Oh, I think, yeah, that's actually pretty smart. to look at it to get a will. That's actually smart. Include that in the cost of wheelbarrow. I mean, I if, you're going yeah, for, you if you're going for a mill anyways, like if it's your standard build order, then I, I wouldn't be as yeah. concerned about well, it. Like the HRE don't. So it's yeah. like really hard for them because uh-huh. they're like not on wood and the extra 50 woods a house instead. And it like really mucks you up. Yeah. Um, so we got so I like think it's French. really dependent, yeah. but it, I agree that it is a very good upgrade. Yeah. It's, it's the best economic upgrade you're going to, you're ever going to get, especially for the price and for the long yeah. dividends it'll get you. And because it makes you run faster. In fact, I just thought of a really good game. We'll do this. I'll set this makes up. You run fast. I thought of a really good game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to do a, I think our next, I'll, I'll probably, maybe I'll set this up for next episode or maybe the one after, but I'm going to do a foot race game. We'll just race different units and see what's faster across the map. Who wins? <laughs> like like oh, a, a villager with wheelbarrow or a regular men at arm? Who can wins? We do, can we call it a wheelbarrow race? The wheelbarrow race? Oh, there go. wow. There you go. Wow. That's a good one. The wheelbarrow race. I, I, might, I might do like, like what's faster? Like, like marching drills, men at arm or a like something else? Like we'll see, maybe just see what happens. We could just do the math, right? We could, we could, but like, like if we didn't know off the bat, like it'd be like, can yeah. you guess just intuitively what's faster? Like that, that's yeah, that's fair. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I like that. It's intuitive. I like that. Yeah, because I mean, in the game, like obviously all of us could look up what it is, but in game, are you going to be able to just spout off? I know this is faster. Which, I know it's not. You know, we could do like a proctored test where all of us share our screens <laughs> to you to make sure we're not on the game and proctored then test. <laughs> Please uh, put down your pencils and flip over your scantrons. All right, not, everybody. Hammers on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not glad. I'm looking at Wilbur now is 125 wood and 150 gold. That's like a good way to look at it because you have the uh yeah, you gotta include the building the mill 
plus the research of Wilbarrow. I mean, again, so, but for Appison, though, like you're popping down that mill regardless because you're getting the dividends back well, from the berries. A lot, a lot of people, a big debate in the Abbasid community is no. what is more viable, like sheep or berries on fruit. Or, where, do so you like stand, people, where do you stand on the great sheep oh, berries divide, Sir Nevels? I'm always on berries, baby. Yeah. Like, I'm berries. Say, I'm yeah, berries. Say, there's no way. I, I, I love berries. sheep, but that's, yeah, you got to go for the berries. Well, well like, I think I think it was like Fitzbrough. Somebody, they were like, literally, like, really, like, they don't. A lot of players do not. They save their, uh, almost like for insurance food. They go on, like, berries later. They get all the sheep up. Sheep up. Like, just around the map of Aren't sheep sheep are like super safe to gather from? So if you got pushed in, you could have the sheep. Yeah, you fall that's back. What I was, the sheep. That's, that's what I was my thinking. thought. That's I'd go for the berries first. I mean, I guess if they're, I, yeah, I, I feel like that you just. I don't know back. when you'd ever want to do that because you want the protection of the sheep against your town. Unless, uh, yeah, I feel like you're I denying agree. yourself something either way. You're like that, that's like that's like, I mean, that's like that's like hurting yourself because you're worried you might get hurt more later. I agree. I yeah. don't know. Like I don't know. Like, I don't think it's so a uh, debate anymore. But like at one point in time, it was like players were like they were getting like a faster second tc or they were doing because they save wood on their tc for making the yeah. mill mm. so they get a faster second I, tc I, I see that i see so like that. yeah so like they weren't making general, mills yeah i think in general i think in general just conjure yeah. them out of the dirt then i think yeah, yeah. i mean that, that bonus <laughs> exactly, to the yeah. berries yeah getting the extra food out of that berries is, is huge anything that gives you bonus resources out of something like that is always a win i mean yeah, you're, that, that, making, that you're making more berries out of the berries i mean that's brilliant Making more berries on berries. Berries on berries. Berries cold fusion. <laughs> um, no, our I next, uh, our next. I think this is our last one I have on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not a ton. Like I said, not a ton on the Reddit. And I was kind of going through it. This one's from 13 days ago. So this is the day after last episode. Yeah. Are you uh, diving in here? I was diving. There's just not a lot. The, most of the composts weren't that interesting, and there just wasn't a ton of them. I, I don't know if it, we're just kind of in one of those lulls of the season. And I think with Baldur, I do think with Baldur's Gate and some other, and it being yes. late summer, I think people are just not as invested with AOE yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Listen. Wait. Wait. When's uh Gamescom? What's coming? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get anyone's days? hopes up that we're gonna get more sibs. Oh, I am. No, we're good. Don't uh, worry. Guys. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to. And if if we don't, you never see my face ever again. Uh, sure. <laughs> and here's the other problem is here's the other problem is Stormgate's dropping stuff at Gamescom too, so that's gonna feel pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's no. gonna be some pretty heavy competition there. But yeah. guess what? But they're not gonna they're not dropping a full release. So I'm not worried about them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about these civilizations. Let's go. Japan. Uh, I hope. I genuinely hope so, but I'm not gonna overhype myself for it. If there's uh, nothing there, I will be so I'm gonna feel personally hurt. Turnevels, you remember <sighs> when your parents told you that 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 one certain oh, magical no. being who brought presents every year may not actually be fully as real not, as you may I have thought. I can't relive that trauma. I can't relive that trauma <laughs> on this podcast. I can't do it. I'm going to break down on this podcast. I can't relive it again. <laughs> That's okay. You know, the spirit <laughs> of Christmas is in all of us, right? Like, on we, that level. We are all a part of the spirit of Christmas, right? So it's real in that <laughs> oh, sense, right? Like we, he is real and we exactly. make him real. Um, exactly. Speaking of spirit of Christmas, there's a uh, Scrooge Metroidvania coming out. Ooh. Um, Oh, that's that right. I cool. remember seeing the. Yeah, that looked like it looked it looked, it looked it looked it looked too good. And it, like, there's no reason it needed to go that hard. That was <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> but I mean, good. Like they they made it a Pinocchio Dark Souls game. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Sure. You just like fighting elves as Scrooge, like you hate Christmas. You're, you're the Scrooge, and you have like the ghost of Christmas helping you, giving you like bonus attacks and special abilities. Oh man, what the what heck? are you fighting? No, no, we're so off topic. 
I think like nutcrackers and stuff. If I oh, know. you're oh, fighting gosh. everything Christmas themed. <laughs> yeah, Christmas fighting candy canes Not with arms. Like, got buttons. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Anywho, sorry, Christmas. Yeah, I'm y'all back on topic. Sorry, ready to post. All right, uh, this one's from a uh, credit. Q R E D E double T. And they say the longest AOE game you've ever played in question mark. And they posted a picture to go with this. This is a post game little they they lost due to sacred sites on a mega random custom map. Uh, This game went on for three hours, 48 minutes and 59 seconds. Four this is why this is why you don't play these type of team games. This is why you just don't do it. (laughs) That's a thousand years later. Yeah. This is why this is. I mean, this is like this, it's like a two v two v two v two. Yep, two v two v two v two nomad, and the host uh, turned the host turned wonders off. They killed the first oh, team yeah. pretty fast, and there was like a three hour two v two v two off. <laughs> they they intended it to go four hours. They, yeah, they, they yeah, were asking they for be. it, asking for it. Um, but it brings up an interesting questions like, what's the longest game you've played? I mean, I I remember I played one with uh, how was it with user levels? That went like Did super we late. You, me, and like Ash and Osprey. Possibly. I remember Possibly. we had one where like, like, I was no. playing French. It was on a. Uh, it was on like all tie, but like three v three or four v four, and they built a wonder, and we like were looking for the last landmark, and we missed it in the bottom corner, and we were like right there. And that we might not have it. been me. That might not have been me. Exactly. But I know I, it was Ashen. Might have been someone else. I forget. But I, I remember like it was. It was just a slog, and I remember that one going for over an hour. I know Beal and I had an hour long. I don't think that was the longest game I've played, but we had a pretty long that we we mentioned that actually today yeah. too. That that Hill and Dale English Mirror in uh, Rising Empires way back over six months ago now. <laughs> that was I, yeah. I I still remember that being one of the most draining games I've ever played. I think especially because it was in a tournament setting that that was like really yeah. tournament setting and yep. like it was against you of all people and I was like oh my gosh that's it's Beal like I casted all his stuff a week ago. That was uh-huh. that was something. <laughs> Yeah, right. that was, I don't think I've ever had a game that's gone over two hours in AOE four. No. I think I think an I hour and four hours I've capped out. Yeah, right around the hour and a half mark. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad. Do you guys notice when you first start playing this game, your games lasted longer when you first started playing? Yeah, I or never you, knew how to win. Yeah, but, like yeah, exactly. When I first started playing, I like games. We had like I didn't know how to win, so we had games. I had like my early my long games like hour and 50 like over two hour games are always like my earlier phase because like if i get past i'm like near the two hour mark i might just go all in and mm. see what happens I feel like, you know it's like, interesting i think it's less that for me at least it's less that i know how to win now and it's more that i know when i've lost and so i yeah, just quit exactly yep. exactly it's like it's not worth and i'm not like rage quitting down. i'm just like i just don't have i physically know i can't get out of this hole the path to victory is gone just, yeah there is no way yeah. back in I'll, I'll, i agree if there's a way i could conceivably get back in i will stay in i'll see things through unless yeah. i'm really tilted uh mm, and, I, and i've come back from people who have like not finished out games too um, yeah that's the funny thing about newer players. Like they'll be down to like twenty bills and like no military, and they'll be like, "No, I'm good. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, still no, I got this. I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. They do not care. They will die. They'll Honestly, the I think man. my my games have gone a little bit longer now than they used to, uh, and that's mostly because mm-hmm. I've changed the way I play. I play HRE now, which is playing for a castle age kind of my game. Man. Whereas I used to play English Ram Rush. I discovered the English Ram Rush, and I had so much success with it uh, early uh, back. Back in the old, actually around the time I was playing against uh, Beal in that game, around that time frame, over six months ago, uh, English Ram Rush was just working for me really well. And I could do a couple other games in Civs as well, but like that, 
that was like my preferred way to English. Like was just all in archer, uh, longbows, add him some spears, man at arms, build some rams, eventually crush them. That was my my tournament standard. That's how I was winning my games in the low ELO. And so my games would go like 20 minutes, you know, and that's still where most of my games sit around is 20, 30 minutes. But I feel like I go a little longer now going into a uh, castle age often. I feel like yeah, most games are like are average from like 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Normal. That's not like a really long, like by like normal multiplayer game standards. That's pretty long. Like yeah. that's why you need a Smurf account. So if you gotta leave in the middle of a game, you just hey, sorry, bro, just GG. Leave. I've done that like go. once. Where it's like I've got to go. Hey, you were playing good. I might have won this one either way, but here's your win. People get mad when you do that. They're like, they're like, you're a question mark. Like, dude, what? Like you. I had someone do that to me be like, hey, I got to go. Sorry. And I was like, yeah, no worries. I get the win. Like, let's go. All I care. All I care about is the, is, is the grade. Remember, like, we don't care about like learning anything. Yeah, I, I just want the A grade. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about anything going on here. Uh, That's crazy. Like, yeah, people get offended. Yeah, um, I mean, it's different team games. <laughs> but yeah. I don't see yeah. why anybody would be pissed. No, you know, team games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, guys, I gotta go. It's like, no, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Team, now, team games is most definitely infuriating, especially when they leave unannounced. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's like, you just like, this bell on you. You're like, wait a minute. And everything I thought we in. were friends. <laughs> 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 this a Reddit post that like said they had to leave during the. I yeah, forgot which one yeah. it was. It was like a couple weeks ago. Someone was like, "How bad is my sin? Like, how bad are my sins? I had to leave, <laughs> and I thought it'd be only for a minute, and it ended up being for like five minutes. And you're just like, oh like, my Dude, god, I can't believe you think it'd be okay to leave for a minute. A minute is like an oh, eternity in this ridic- game. Thirty seconds is ridiculous in this game. Actually, I want to like, ask really? you guys a question. Actually, just just off the top of my head, I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, about like paying attention. Like, obviously, a minute's a long time. Um, so sometimes I notice I have this still happens all the time. I will leave villagers idle when I'm microwing a battle. At what, when, when do you draw the line on this? Right. Cause some people in, in, in chat, especially like on Twitch, they love to be like, you're idling villagers, like socked and build more vills, but like you're focusing down on a really important fight. And it's like, where do you draw the oh, line yeah. of like balancing your macro versus making sure you micro your fight to success? Um, yeah, I love to clear out my idle villagers and just lose every single fight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> look away for five seconds, and then yeah, I don't have any more units. You, yeah, you guys I ever think- had that that moment where you guys like have like one of your like maybe like your cavalry hotkeys one, and you're microing your economy at home, and you click one and nothing's happening, so they're all dead. You're like, wait a minute, you're like, oh, what's yeah. this, is this hotkey broken? Look back, and they're all your cavalry's dead, or whatever you got a hotkey to a certain point is dead. That's nothing worse. Because I feel like I, and this is part, like, I'm really glad my Twitch chat, like, likes to tell me to go back and check my bills every now and then. Like, that's, that's nice. You know, it may not be my own voice yeah. repeating back in my ears. Um, <laughs> that's good. Schizophrenia. But, so. but it's nice to have, like, people going, hey, uh, Socrates, you're, uh, you're not building bills anymore. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad to have people, like, be in my chat being like, what are you doing, Socrates? But uh, obviously, I, I've gotten in the habit of watching my economy. And I'm, I feel like for the most part, I do a good job. Like, I don't. Every now and then I'll leave things hanging, but it's funny to me, this phenomena of like, you got to be watching your economy every minute. But I've noticed that some pro players will say, yeah, it's okay to have your, your economy idle a little bit. Like that's, it's better to win the fight yeah. than to throw away. Like you said, like, like Bill said, like you do that and then you go back and it's like, oh, where's my army go? Like, what the heck? That was yeah. five seconds. Like, I feel like the damage it's- to your military in five seconds versus your economy is vastly different, right? Well, it's just, yeah, a, I, agree. Yeah, I think it's just a, a, a quick, a quick analysis 
cost efficiency kind of thing where you're just like, am I going to lose more by having idle villagers and winning the fight? Or am I going to lose more by, you know, how many units are here? How many villagers are idle? And, you know, and and generally it's better to win the fight than it is to have. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I mean, because think about it. Once that once that army kills that military that you lose, they're only going yeah, one just, way towards that yeah, economy. Towards that economy, uh-huh. that exactly. economy you spend so long trying to protect. And so then you can click them and go back to your thing because it doesn't take long to correct that. And yeah, you know, exactly. Ten yeah. seconds idle isn't going to kill you, but losing your army might. So uh-huh. yeah, I think the trick is being able to when you aren't in the middle of midst of a big fight, even if there's. Because sometimes I'll have a little skirmish and I know I'm winning it. I'll zip back to my base real quick, move those villagers, QQQQQ on the vills in the town center, and then back mm-hmm. to the military. And I think there is kind of an art to that. But yeah, yeah, for any new players out there who are really stressing over that, like your economy comes first in every moment, except for when you're mid, like mid important fight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. as long as AP, if you know, your APM locked, focus on the, the pivotal moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At other your builders go idle, then your entire military gets slain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all of our uh, Reddit posts to go over. Again, not tons this week, but uh, it was fun. Um, I guess we'll take a quick, quick break and then uh, come back and finish up this episode with our extra sheeps. Beautiful. Hi ho, it's Socraton again. Um, this is that fun part of the show where it's just you, the listener, and me, the talker. Um. Yeah, hope you guys are doing good. Thanks for supporting and listening. Uh, this was a fun episode for us to record. We were really excited about Bitterland. I know that the audio quality wasn't super duper good. Obviously, he's not like a caster or he's not really a uh, streamer. So his his audio maybe wasn't like as good as Sir Neville's or mine is. But hopefully uh, that wasn't a problem. You guys hopefully enjoyed the things he said. Uh, he had a lot of good stuff in there today. Um, I'm recording this at like nine o'clock on the 14th of august it was so hot the last two days if you hear any kind of buzzing in the background uh, that's my ac unit trying to keep me at a reasonable temperature it's trying and failing it is so hot guys oh my gosh we we don't usually have we have like one little tiny ac unit just in the corner of our house that just barely can cover the upstairs it's most of the house is above uh, 80 degrees fahrenheit so like around oh gosh that's not quite 30 degrees celsius i don't think actually it might be it might be well, let me take a look real quick now do some calculation. I can't. I know it's above 25. 80 degrees. F to C. Okay, so I guess 26 degrees Celsius. Not quite. 30 would be insane. 30 would be like 90. Oh, 30 would be 86. No, it might be actually 86, 30 degrees Fahrenheit in here. Or 30 degrees Celsius in here. Because 86 is about what it was sitting at inside. So yeah, warm day for us. Warm day. Uh, we just, just really, really enjoying it. Um... Anyways, this is the part where I'm supposed to talk about the important things, such as our Patreon. Um, we've actually had quite a couple of people sign up recently. Um, I've still got coasters. I've still got stickers. So for as long as people keep signing up, I'll keep mailing them out. Uh, so, yeah, just make sure that you I'll usually I'll reach out. If you join the Patreon, you have to use your email. I'll either send an email or reach out through Patreon. Be like, hey, send me your address and I'll mail you the stuff. Um, yeah, keep doing that. It's pretty sweet. Anyways, I uh, wanted to shout out to the Rising Empires again. If you guys are looking for a good way to get into involved in some like tourneys or um, other competitive play, that's a great way to do do that. So check them out. They have a Discord. Uh, links are, as always, are in the description of the episode. Um, I am working. Okay, so it was brought up right after we finished recording our main episode. Beal mentioned to be like, hey, Socrates, are you ever going to get these on YouTube like you said you were? 
Um, I need to. I need to. Um, we want to keep growing this podcast, keep reaching more people. And what I'm going to do is it's such a backlog of episodes now that we've gone for 13 of these things. I've got the first three up there, I think. I'm going to put this one up there. I'm going to put this episode today on the, the YouTube and then be like, hey, guys, we got this one up. And I'm going to try and keep up as of now. I'm um, working the backlog is getting really difficult. I'll try and get to those eventually. But as of today, I'm going to get this episode on. I'm editing these right now. I'm not going to play any Age Empires until I get this done. So um, Scout's Honor, that'll be that'll be done today. So yay! if you're listening to the first time because of that, uh, you're listening via YouTube. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Um, I, I, I kind of mentioned to Beal that I wasn't too sure how many more people would listen on YouTube as opposed to like our podcasting apps. Like, is it worth the effort? Because it's a lot more effort to get onto YouTube than it is on our other podcasting apps. Uh, and he made it sound like it would be. So I'm hoping he's right. Uh, if not, then I'll blame him and Sir Nevels for egging me on to do this. Uh, regardless, hopefully, if you are from YouTube, uh, let us know if you like the show. Let us know. Let us know that you listened. Uh, we'd love to hear that kind of feedback. And for those of you who listen uh, in the more conventional podcasting ways, uh, let us know if you're enjoying the show. Let us know uh, what's been working, what's what you guys would like to see more of. I know some people have mentioned, I know I think Amarath mentioned like, oh, you should do soccer and you should like cast an episode of like a game between Sir Neville's and Beale and do like an audio cast like they do for like baseball or other sports like on the radio. And I don't know how that would work. Um, Taylor Calamari mentioned that it'd be kind of cool too. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds kind of interesting. Regardless, um, I want to shout out Beale and Sir Neville's and Caleb again. It's been half a year uh, and we didn't really do much to commemorate that except for saying that. I've, I think we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. We mentioned it later on in this episode at the very end, I think, too. Um, but yeah, half a year. And we are averaging, like I said, about 400 downloads per episode. That's pretty huge. That's that's pretty huge. Uh, the podcast is funded enough to keep going for another year. Uh, it's just been super sweet to see. I, I'm, I'm just really stoked at where it's at right now. Um. Big shout out to our friends over at www.morenights.com. They are always so fun and so nice, and we love uh, shouting them out and their funny little community they're doing. Also, the Griot Barra. Um, the link to that is under the description of this episode as well. Check it out. Uh, that's that's a really good community to find people uh, who want to play the game just like you and to have a community, discuss stuff, uh, jump into team games. That is the place. They also do like a weekly joust. Um, they do like free for alls, nomads. They do they do it all. That's a great place. I know I saw another Discord was popping up as well, a new up and coming one. I don't know how Sir Neville is going to feel about it being the, uh, the guy who started the Griot Barra, but um, there are communities out there. I don't really know much about the new one. Maybe we'll look into it. See if we can't promote our podcast out there too. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all my housekeeping things. Um, we've gotten some guests on the show, so that's one thing that we promised we would do. And I feel like getting Bitterland on here was kind of a win hopefully we can continue to get more guests uh beal's got kind of like a list he's been so good at just finding people and getting them on the show hopefully we can keep that trend going between him sir nevels and caleb they've really taken the lead on that and i'm so appreciative to them just want to i can't i cannot shout those guys out enough they've really taken ownership alongside me with this podcast and it's been super fun to me to see i don't think they always listen to the episodes uh they mentioned that they don't always they kind of skim them a little bit uh, so if you guys are listening back to this, just know I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, you, I couldn't do this without you. I, I knew I knew going in, I needed some people to, to co-host with me. I couldn't just do it on my own. And I'm really grateful that I've got a little community that that's with me on this. So it's fun. Anyways, I think I've rambled on alone enough. You guys get more than enough to fulfill of my voice. So I'll send it back to the rest of the guys for the extra sheeps. 
And we're back. Uh, we had a really, really long break. Um, <laughs> jokes, jokes. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we uh, all went out, took a nice walk, uh, enjoyed the day. Showered. Um, showered. Uh, I made it, made some food. No. Uh, a couple games in. For those who don't know, uh, we 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 do take a we do take a break on break one. Uh, this is some behind the scenes you guys are getting. We, uh, break one, we do go oh. get water, we do stretch, you know, we we do that. But uh, break two is uh, literally just giving me a gap so I can have my one on one time with our listeners. <laughs> it's like that's literally uh, just to do some housekeeping, uh, uh, just to give us kind of a good pause for editing as well. Um, let me let me make a correction. Everybody else takes a break and I hang out and I leave a song or a message. For dude, I, that, that was, I love putting that at the end of that episode. That was so fun. That was, that was so funny. Uh, good times. Good times. Um, so, yeah, this is the end of the show uh, where we do our extra sheeps. And we talk about one last little tidbit for you, the listener out there, wherever you are. Um, Caleb, I am so glad to have you back this episode. Do you want to lead us off? Yeah, I'm like super excited. I actually have an extra sheep. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. Tell me the I'm other ones are fake. One up what? Off the, no, I, just, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I came up with them on the spot as everybody else talked. Ah. Uh, my sheep this week, I talked to Tim earlier because he was, we, Tim's playing Baldur's Gate and I was li- living vicariously through Tim because my wife was gone. Uh, but we were talking about um, something and then I had an epiphany on why I have such a problem building villagers. And I realized that in all the other RTS games that I played, workers made a very, very distinct out front noise when they were built. Uh, uh, Starcraft, it would literally the thing would yell at you, SCV ready, SCV ready. And in Warcraft, the orc would make a noise. And I like my brain never didn't my brain didn't find that in Age of Empires. And so then I went into a custom game and I did it. And there is a noise mm-hmm. and it is global, but it's subtle very subtle like my brain literally didn't associate that noise with villagers building it's like a or something like that right yeah it's like it's like a like a whispered hush it's it's like really really kind of this soft and like if you're listening for it you can hear it but it's not something that jumps out at you like all the other rts's i played um and it was something just interesting to me that i that i this kind of subconscious feedback from the game wasn't here and it was one of the my is still one of my biggest issues um but we'll hopefully fix going forward because i'll be listening for that noise um uh, and now the you know i i can now make that association going forward but, um yeah, yeah i didn't know that i didn't know yeah. that was like a sound yeah same with uh production buildings for like other uh like knights archers everything they all make yeah, noises. Yeah. it's not loud yeah, I know that. And I, I think if it was really, really loud with the amount of villagers we use in this game, it would get obnoxious if it was really good. Yeah, but if, you, if, if you don't associate it, then I could see that being. Yeah, a, being it was issue. more the lack of association than anything, because it is there. And I don't know, maybe maybe have an option to turn it up or something. But uh, it was yeah, just something I never associated with. So I was never listening for it. So I didn't have that 30 second timer going off hmm. like I did in all the other ones. You know, the funny thing is that I actually that was one of that was like there was like one post on Reddit that I actually didn't include in today's episode that I was debating on. And it was talking about how the sound design and they were lauding the fact that every single aspect of this game has on point sound design and they mm-hmm. just love how every villager creation and they actually mentioned that like the noise for villager creation for nights being made like every single thing had a very distinct well made well designed noise. And that was yeah. one of the things they were liking. And, they, and it does. This game does. It? But they are subtle. If you don't have that association, I can see that being a little detrimental. Yeah. Audio in this game. We talked about plenty of times. Oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, I think we'll just work up the list. Uh, Sir Nevels, it is your turn. Oh, yeah. Mine's nothing. Nothing, too. I mean, I don't have got a hot take I'm saying right now. I mean, but really, 
Like I just, from my experience, and I know I'm kind of biased, but I, I really do believe that maybe not in fetal age, not in fetal age, but castle age, Abbasid archers are the best in the game. I, so like, so I was doing like, it was like maybe, maybe a month ago, I did like a little uh, low elo legends cast with Jones 88, shout out. And uh, we seen a player who, who that was their whole build. They, they went to uh, Castle Age, made a bunch of uh, archery ranges, and then just researched fully, uh, another sign up, fully upgraded. So they made, and they went, they won the whole game with like 80, like they like made like 60, 70 archers, and it was killing everything, knights, whatever. But you have, when I say Castle Age, because you have to get, um, you have to get composite bows, which got moved into Castle Age this season. And you also had to get boot camp. Something I did not know about boot camp is that it increased the health of all infantry by 15%. So not even just, I thought it was just men in arms and spearmen, but also technically archers are technically infantry. So it also applies to archers. Anything and that walks on two legs. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so like, so when you, uh, when you do that with the composite bow, which increases the fire rate by 33% mixed in with the steel arrow, and just the castle age upgrade to your archers, they are insanely good. Like the fire rate, if you get a nice mass blob, I think it is better. And maybe Bill can be, I'm sorry, but I think it's better than a Metter uh, blob with Ottoman Empire or even the range of the, um, I don't know. I don't know. I never, I, I kind of want to test it. But I think like I I literally like I played a game. I have another I have another third Smurf that actually I didn't I didn't. It was like a really experimental one. I don't even play on that often. But I was just playing because I had a short amount of time and I used I, I did a build with the Abbasid and I believe I seen a pro do this. I don't remember, but I I literally just built nothing but archers. I I went fast castle with the archers and I went boot camp and composite bows and made like so many nothing. I had so many, so many archers with those upgrades, fully upgraded. I was killing knights. I was killing men in arms. Like nothing could stop it. Like and then what? Don't and don't break into the economy with these archers. Everything's dead. I mean, with the boot camp, you do better against towers. Like the end of the, you do better against knight and horseman raids because you have that 15 percent health increase. So yes, basically what I'm trying to say is I believe that Abbasid archers in Castlech are the best in the game, and I'm and I stand by that. This has been hot takes from Sir Neville's <laughs> takes hotter than the Death Valley in July. <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry, like I don't that's really kind of like, extra cheap. Like, I mean, I because I mean I did kind of learn it. Like I mean, and it could be incorrect. It counts. It, counts. it could be incorrect. Could be incorrect. This, this could be a see, uh, misled sheet. But exactly, I like you know maybe Bill's like, oh no, you get a matter with your with your this, and maybe you can you activate the the arrow upgrade and other but tower I really tower. I mean, I don't know. Maybe towered longbows from maybe, the wind guard. Those, maybe those wind guard bows. And, I didn't go I through know. that. I just know Poison that arrow volumes. Also, really. Oh, good. that is oh, good. Those poison yeah, arrows and the way they stack. Too. Yeah, you know, I'm standing. I'm, st- I'm standing by this though. I'm standing by it because, like, like I played. Like I did this build. Like, and I wish I honestly like this account that I made. I don't even know how to like even look it up because I, I'm always doing like you know foreign letters. I don't know why, so I don't really know like what I'm even. I forgot what I even made this about. But like, I wish I can like if I can find this. I want to like literally like show people like yo, 
he's at his Abbasid Archer build is insane. Cause like I was killing knights, I was killing everything, men in arms with the steel. Cause like it was so they, the fire rate is insane, and you don't need. There's nothing influencing it. Like there's no matter. Like because I mean, like for example, the matter, the fire rate is really good. All mm-hmm. stuff, but if you kill the matter, then it goes away. So the and now now and it, it, same thing with the uh with the English. You break down one of their towers now or the whatever they got that's giving them that. Uh, that network boost castle, is gone. Yeah. That boost, it's they lose it, and they, they need to. But okay, now the the Malian archers is something. That that one really might Malians tend to always that break might, things up. Uh, yeah, that might. Oh, those darn Malians. That was gotta break. Like, but that's something I haven't experimented with. But I do believe because you don't need to be influenced by anything. It's just sure upgrades. I do believe that the Abyssin mm-hmm. have the best archers in the game, and that's not. I'm not saying it just because I love Abyssin, which I do. So yeah, you go, no, that's uh, not because I love Abbasid. I, I do love Abbasid. That's not the why. That's like that meme. That's not why. Uh, go culturing. Now I make joke, but go culturing, fast castle, mass archer spam. To be go fair, on. I've seen him in action too, and it was pretty impressive. And it was against like the yeah. counter that the I mean, he he hard counters French. It was against a French player, but I I gotta say I, I saw I saw you use them in action, and they were they were like you had a mass that was like two shotting knights. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, I was can. like, they're, I saw that. And I was like, oh my so gosh, fast. he really was. They're you were so mowing him down. That, that was impressive. And that wasn't even like, and that wasn't even that big of a blob. Like I'm talking like, I like, I solely made Abbasid Archers. Yeah, like, you, you did. Archers. And it was against French Knights. I don't think the yeah. French Knights had all the yeah. upgrades. They could not have the, how much. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, no, no way. There's no it way. Was, it was impressive. Like, yeah, I'm going to, in that game that you've you seen, I was mixing other units. Like I had games in the past where I like literally just made solely Archers and I was taking out everything. So yes, that's my hot take. It could be it's probably if someone was ever stumbled across it, they'd be like, probably get the math actually. Mm. Uh, so probably put me to shame. But I, I do, I believe Feel that free in my to heart. At Sir Neville's, if you think he's wrong, I, I always <laughs> write it post. Yeah, yeah. But if, it. if it ever, if it ever, anyone ever hears it, dude. Full stop. I remember there was someone who posted on Reddit about our show, being like, "Hey, this is a super cool show," and I remember being just so touched by that. So if you guys are out there listening, oh, you want to promote yeah. it in your own spheres, by all means, we love when you guys are like champions of our show. We, it's, it's so nice. It really is. And the sponsors love it too. Yeah, the sponsors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, actually, I really love. It. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it yet. But I really was happy with the advertisement we made. At, I guess I said that really weird. Advertisement. Wow, the advert we made for uh for the show that was on uh Rising Empires. I hope that's being used. I was really. My wife worked very hard on it, and I was very happy with it. Yeah, a little I freaking. So too. I liked it. Um, yeah, I ran it. You ran it? Yeah, a couple weeks Let's ago. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, I think it's you're up on the the docket here for extra sheep. Yeah, uh, so I brought it up a little earlier when Beardlin was around. Uh, but I had a lot of fun playing this random dude on the AoE Reddit's uh, custom maps. Mm-hmm. Guy's name is Kai Varu. Um, he made four maps. And he actually, like, I came back with some feedback. And he posted some more patch notes and updates under that. Uh, but if any of you are listening and uh, want to see like kind of a map in progress kind of thing, um, play a map that's maybe not as polished as as what's released for tournaments and like the actual game to sort of have in your head like conceptually uh, what map design should be like. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Kaivaru's maps uh, called Snake Pass, Bald Land, 
Memento Mori and Shifting Edges. Yeah, Snake Pass is my favorite. <laughs> Snake Pass is uh, it's kind of rough. Snake Pass is rough. It's always going to have a teammate that knows a little bit before the map. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great benefit. But yeah, definitely, uh, if you're listening, go check those maps out. Play a couple of customs with it and think about, you know, what Bitterland was talking about when it comes to map design and, and uh, you know, how these maps actually execute on what they try to do. Hmm. Yeah, those were fun. In fact, my extra sheep actually is on one of those maps. It was actually my game against you, Beal. Uh, mm-hmm. those who don't know, I'm sure most people know Beal is, I think, highest ranked player amongst us right now. He's sitting like at either you're like low diamond now, right? You're sitting like diamond one, diamond two, somewhere in there. No, I'm, I'm plat, plat two right now. I plat two, okay. Last season, diamond one with like, oh, so I was cool. hovering around yeah, <laughs> 1200 <laughs> hidden, <laughs> hidden elo, but that's down to like 1150. At this yeah, my, my hidden elo has me right at gold three, which is where I am. I'll, I, I'll own it. I'm not quite at plat right now. I'm not as polished, uh, but I, 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 we played against each other uh, on this map. He wanted someone to try it out the map with him. So I was like, yeah, I'd be down to play just for some fun. And um, you were playing China. So, so first of all, you were playing a Civ you weren't used to playing. So I feel like that alone kind of made us on even footing. Um, more or less, you really didn't play. You don't really know Chinese that much. Good on you. Um, yeah, kind of players on the chat just be like, "Oh, Beal's showing us the Bill's, new meta yeah, here." Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. I liked the new meta. Doing? Let me tell you, I liked yeah. it. Um, no, but <clears throat> it was actually a really fun challenge for me because I don't usually go trade, and I, I was trying. Uh, was I playing French or English? What was I playing as? I think I was playing French. So yes. I don't know. Oh yeah, this is what I did. I actually went for. Uh, what is it? I didn't go for the, the cavalry landmark. I went for the, uh, the French, what is it called? The, the trade landmark. Uh, a feudal trade landmark for French. What is it? What is it? Chamber, Chamber of Commerce? Of yeah, Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Uh, I actually went for that. I don't ever go this way. I, I'm not a big trade guy. I never really liked trade that much. Went for Chamber of Commerce. Started making a... Like, I figured China was going to boom, so I figured I was going to boom as well. Uh, Beal doesn't know China very well, so he couldn't boom as effectively as he normally would have. But I started going to Chamber of Commerce and making And the way the map worked out was I, I had some holes in the defense that he could kind of get through. And he kind of did take out a trader or two, but I was able to defend it. I saw I learned a couple things in this game. First of all, that the power of trade is real. Um, there is a bit of a spike there. The second one I noticed oh, yeah. was being able to be being aware. This is really, really hard. I notice a lot of guys when I'm watching uh, sometimes in the vision, your vision of different units, you'll just get a glimpse of something running by. But most people are so hyper-focused on what they're doing, they don't notice that sometimes. Um, they don't notice their enemy like just barely in their vision. They just they completely miss it or something, you know? And I do this all the time too, so this is not just like... like a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. We all do this. But every now and then, uh, I notice it. And I noticed Beal had uh, some horsemen. I wasn't too sure what he was going for. I was trying to send a scout. I was sending some raiding parties down below. Uh, didn't, I was on the other side of his base, so I didn't see his production buildings. I saw some horsemen and I'm playing as French. So but I saw them. I was like, Oh, he's going for horsemen. Let me build some spears. I know that's not really a normal thing for French to do, but I'm going trade. I got to defend the trade. That's priority. Number one, I went for some spears and I actually was able to hold off the trade pretty well. He, it was kind of a fun back and forth battle and he kept trying to raid and I kept kind of holding him off. And I just was like amazed at how important good scouting is and how good trade could be if you can get away with it. And it was just a fun game. I remember it actually I was I was kind of on the back foot though. Bill is was kicking my butt. He was taking map control in the middle and I was taking some bad fights when he went castle. I got eventually caught up 
Uh, eventually, I, I think I just took one good fight. I think I, I sniped his, uh, my men at arms caught up to his, both of his nest of bees that were just shredding me. Once I destroyed those things, boy, that game swung really heavy. And then I eventually just kind of worked my way back and destroyed our poor friend Beal, who uh, did not play China. And so was not at fault for the loss at all. Um, but I just really, really enjoyed that, like how important scouting and being aware of what's around you. That really kind of stood out to me. And then also just how fun trade can be if you go for it, because I don't go for it all the time. Uh, so it was kind of fun to see it pay off for once, especially with the new mechanics being trade, changed in trade a little bit. Um, I wasn't too sure how well it would work, and it did. It was kind of fun. So. Yeah, that's my sheep. Nothing Wait. too specific. Yep. Yeah, the new, the new trade nice. is the new trade is good stuff to me. I like the new like I never really knew the trade trick, so I like the new trade, especially going like uh, if you don't go trade often, it is amazing realizing how powerful it is when it does take yeah. off. You're like, wow, this is really convenient. Like you're pretty much like if it does, if it's never disrupted, you have infinite gold for like the rest of the game. It's I noticed so like, I, I played this game just I, like sometimes I I really like the English Ram Rush. That's a strategy I really like. I really like the kind of the fast castle uh, HRE, but sometimes it's just really nice to break out of the mold and play a little loose, you know? And that was kind of oh, how, yeah. that was exactly how I was playing it. I was playing really loose and I wasn't playing super duper well. Uh, Beal definitely had me. I got kind of lucky with the catching his myth to bees out of position. Um, but like playing kind of what well, play, playing kind of just loose sometimes can really open things up, especially if you already know the build orders and you know the sieves and you know like I, some of my best games have been when I've been able to pivot straight into like men at arms instead as French, like, oh, they're trying to, they're going lots of spears, lots of crossbow or not crossbows, lots of spears and other things. Like I played against China a while ago and I pivoted into men at arms and it was the totally right call. Cause they were going for trash units. They were going like spears mm -hmm. and archers. And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go men at arms and just, no, it was spears and horsemen. And I just went men at arms and they eat up spears and horsemen. Uh, yeah. And so I, it's I playing loose sometimes. It's just such a, a liberating thing to do and that was that was fun so it made me really enjoy it, the games like that make me really enjoy getting back into age empires and being wanting to play more and more when i'm playing loose sometimes you get kind of strict in your strict into your uh, build order and sometimes mm -hmm. it's really fun sometimes it's fun just not to play ranked just play a casual game with someone you know and just try stuff oh, out. Yeah. like i I'm, I'm finding that's more fun to me than anything else right now so feel real quiet over there not telling soccer to anyone easy on uh, I'm sure he did. I, mean, I, mean, I fully know that uh, on even terms, Beal's got me. I either need Beal to be five drinks back or playing a sieve he doesn't know. Then it's a pretty fun game for me. But uh, his Ottomans against like, uh, if I were to play a sieve I wasn't as familiar with against his Ottomans, I'd be probably just swept. I, I do not want to see Beal playing his evil Ottoman Empire. He he kicks butt. <laughs> yeah, we got to play more. What are your what are your playing hours, dude? We got to figure that out off stream. I want to I want to like, learn and get better. Like yeah, the resident was skilled. The See, Beal, Beal skilled plays like while well, I'm still at work because you guys are on the East yes, Coast, so I'm I'm like yeah. all of the West Coast. I'm a late night guy for you guys. Uh, I am too. By the time I, I get home, and by the time my kids are in bed, like seven o'clock my time, it's like nine, ten, eleven. It's like eleven o'clock. Yeah, you guys are getting ready for bed at that yeah. point. That is true, Bill. He's a responsible schedule. Yeah, <laughs> that's my problem. Usually a couple of weeknights. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Our my responsible problem. Bill. Block of hours. That's his new name, Responsible Bill. <laughs> oh, Beal has many names, doesn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, no, the, man like many names. the man, the of, man many of many names. names. I like it. I he like has it. many titles and many accolades, but we know him here <laughs> as Beal. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's. Well, see you guys later. Yeah, we have reached this is the end. This is the end of the episode. Um, I don't know what else to do now. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't do it with my hands. What would I do with my hands? I don't know what to do. I don't want to do my hands. <laughs> Let me tell you hands. what you can do with your hands. <laughs> Caleb, I do not want to hear that. I don't, don't please do not. It's <laughs> that um, next extra sheet right there. Yep, yep. This has been the extra sheet, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast. Wouldn't it be cool if we were the official? How do we, how do we become the official podcast? Uh, well, we got a Microsoft guy on there. So that's exactly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, okay, cool fact. He got like permission to be able to go on and talk with us today. Uh, and we, we weren't really? allowed to talk about like the div dev stuff with him. You know, we weren't allowed to talk about like his work with Microsoft right now. Uh, but he he did have to kind of ask me, hey, is it okay if I go and chat with these guys about the game? And they're like, yeah, they actually told him some things about like what he could and couldn't do. Uh, wow, so we like, are the official. Oh, we're the official. So we're on the radar now. We're on the, we're radar. On the radar. We might we're be on the, the radar. radar. Some supervisor at Microsoft somewhere is aware of us. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like, <laughs> I like it. I like to think they're listening right now. If you are, like, please make us official. I don't know what it takes. I don't know what it, I don't even we're know what that would mean, you, but please. I just want it we're to be desperate. official. Uh, maybe one day. Uh, but hey, six months, guys. We've been here six maybe months. When we get posted to AOE 4 World, you got some links in there. Yeah, yeah. there we go. That's great. Yeah, there we go. But you guys want a little extra you know what I'm saying a little extra sheep you know a little extra sheep on the side you know what I'm a little sheep on the side maybe some under table you know sheep under the table sheep link us link it to the Spotify yeah alright there we go that'd be good stuff six months guys six months thank you all for six being months. here guys I really appreciate it this has been fun been a good oh, it's always a great time yeah always G-G a great time right well played GG one GG nice sheep alright see you guys all right, sir. You guys have a great night. Bye. If you have any requests, please send our uh, roses or galaxies, and we'll be uh, able to switch over to maybe you know whipped cream on the microphone or 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 water gargling or you know whatever you guys want. As the gifters are are welcome. <laughs>